All right, so recap time. <clears throat> Kinsey, Pax, and Roland have been in Tobias Station in the middle of the Badlands for some time. They just, last session, overthrew Captain Morales, uh, who has, it was the security captain of Tobias Station. Not the elected, an elected official, uh, mind you. Um, she was an appointed official by the singular elected official of the station master. But then it turns out that the station master's dead and someone has been impersonating him for some time and that someone answers to uh, Captain Morales. And so, you know, that that was bad. And then these guys cleaned it up. And uh, so they, uh, uh, the last couple of sessions have been a big old gunfight as... Um, uh, Pax was about to be hanged, uh, and then Roland exposed Morales, and Morales made a uh, run for it, and uh, there was a big old shootout all through Tobias Station, there was a revolt from the people, guns were firing, smoke cleared, Morales was dead. Additionally, um, having um, stepped up to assist these three drifters, uh, only to be betrayed, uh, Leo Riggs, the right-hand man of Captain Morales, um, uh, did assist these three drifters and then was shot down before he had a chance to collect his dues, um, managing to escape barely with his life using his illuminated abilities to teleport away. Um, uh, Roland was able to best Leo Riggs by doing a couple flashbacks and uh, calling um, to uh, collect on a favor from Tekt and Molu, the uh, rangers of the Ophidian clan, uh, who Roland helped liberate from uh, Ferdinand Koenig, Kinsey's uh, very evil dad. Um, so uh, Tekt and Molu are at Tobias Station and apparently have been here for about a month now, shadowing these drifters, waiting for Roland's signal. Um... They left the three of you in the hangar, uh, and then Gray Foster showed up, a uh, member of the Sheffield family, to kind of give you a rundown of what to expect going forward. He said that they're already getting the, the word out that there's going to be an election, and requested that Roland touch base with the leaders of the three prominent families uh, prior to, uh, he said, you said you got a day. He says, and you know, you get a day to recover and then you have to come talk business. Um, and, uh, then, then he went on his way as well. Um, so, uh, the three of you, um, it's the station has gone, uh, kind of comparatively quiet, um, as, uh, there's no more gunshots ringing out here or elsewhere. Um, uh, what, uh, what are you, the three of you doing? I know you were, you were leaving the hangar, um, uh, I don't know where you were heading, but you, you have, if there was anything else you needed to achieve in the hangar before you left it, now would be the time. <clears throat> um, I actually, uh, so there's two things. First, I, I do want to head towards, um, Morales's escape helicopter. What's left of it? Through that. Um, but second, I want to try and like cast my mind back to minutes ago when Leo said like, you have what I'm due. Did he think that was the gun that is apparently hidden in Tobias Station? Yeah, basically, you never got confirmation from Leo that what he was... You knew that Leo was looking for a stash, something that's, that Ephraim had hid in Tobias Station. Yeah. Um, and so uh, him... 
um, appearing, fighting along your side, and then reaching out to the gun that was uh, uh, collected in the garden um, uh, and saying, like, this was the arrangement. You owe me this gun. Uh, let's you you were without having to roll or anything like you're savvy enough to know that his your arrangement with him was you would find the stash and uh, for him and then he would help you like he wouldn't just step aside when you tried to take on morales right. he, he would, would help he would you. actively help and you lied to him saying hey we have it and then he immediately saved pax's life and then went around to flank some people and then after the fight said yep give it and pointed at that gun basically um, okay, so, so he is definitely looking for that gun or a gun that is extremely similar to it. Okay, so like based on my best read of him in that moment, he thinks we found the one that's in Tobias Station. Uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty safe bet. Okay, new sort of probably not first, second order of business. <laughs> yeah, soon in this new regime, <laughs> we should uh, actually find that one. <laughs> So you're you're rummaging around um, uh, the wreckage of the uh, helicopter, um, broken off uh, ro uh, rotor ring wing and everything. Um, uh, it's full of all sorts of supplies. Looks like maybe some of it were supplies that were stolen from other hangars, that kind of thing. Like she was basically like just like doing the equivalent of like sweeping things off a shelf and putting it in uh, to give herself a better life as she ran away. Um, but the one thing of importance that you do find is a satchel that contains Morales's data pad that was returned to her um, by Leo Riggs. Ah. And you already have the cipher for it, so you are able to read everything on that data pad now. This was foolish of her to not destroy. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kinsey and Pax, was there anything you needed to get into uh, in this hangar before you guys move on? Um, I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna take um, Deandra and add her to my collection. Captain Morales's gun. Yeah. That you promptly named Deandra. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the only problem with that is that uh you know, it's it's the start of a new collection really. Well, it is a hard caliber pistol. Um it it is not a revolver though. Um it is where is are the stats for this? Uh it is a Hard caliber pistol um, with enhanced sights, a laser sight, and um, a box magazine. It's got like a big, like central, like chamber down uh, down the center, like a more modern looking firearm. Uh, but still has the telltale signs of a hard caliber with like that kind of like glowing technology along the side of it. Okay. Uh, and Kinsey, I think, sorry, are, are you continuing? Uh, no, that's it. I go. Kinsey, I, I think, um, remembers what he probably thinks was a hallucination. And he's going to just head, to, head towards the, the hangar doors and see, <laughs> see if, if, if he looks over the edge, uh, if there is an old man in Ophidian clothing just flying around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is right. And I skipped in my recap the fact that Kinsey died. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Kinsey took a bullet through the heart, witnessed his death, and then seemed to have a surreal experience where he felt he was somehow in the black scale cavern without being in the black scale cavern, uh, saw some like wisps of people around him and then came back to life a few seconds before he died and was able to dodge the bullet. And then from there, Kinsey, you're still kind of experiencing this, this kind of sense of like being hyper aware of the nature outside of the station. Like, you can still feel the wind more than you could before. You can smell smells in the air that you couldn't before. You, like, can sense the 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 nature around you. You can even, like, if you, like, as you're, like, moving, you get, like, this weird sensation that, like, you can almost feel slash hear the brook on the top of the mesa uh, well above you. Um, kind of like, like this, like, cold, like, uh, feeling on the back of your neck that isn't necessarily, like, creepy or, or disconcerting. It's almost like a comforting coolness. Um, and, uh, uh, but then uh, in addition to, uh, having that weird vision and giving these kind of like these sensory, uh, inputs from uh, nature outside of his normal, like, you know, vision and range, um, he, uh, did see a weird person standing on a, uh, on the ledge of the hangar who said, who went shh and then jumped off the hangar really casually. Uh, so yeah, Kinsey, you rush there and you look over the edge Nothing. No body on the ground. No someone floating around. No like vehicle off in the distance that he could have flown away on. Anything like that. Huh. Uh, and he just kind of like shakes his head and he'll walk back to the others. You okay? You, you look. You look weird. No, no. <clears throat> I think I'm. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And uh, <laughs> he's okay. going to break, I guess. <laughs> He'll break off and, uh, and check up on uh, Umbra and see that, see that he's all right. Yeah, Umbra's a, uh, Umbra's a little wounded, but is standing strong, uh, licking his fur a little bit, trying to get some of the blood off, um, shaking his head to get the blood off his antlers, um, and just kind of, like, patiently waiting for you to, like, give him a command. Uh, and so when you walk over to him and, like, reach up, he, like, really quickly, like, pushes his head against your hand uh, so that you can kind of, like, get behind his ears. Don't run, my friend. Uh, he goes... <laughs> And then, like, kind of, like, shoulders you a little bit. Doesn't seem to have the energy to, like, give you a full-on kick. <laughs> but gives you a little bit of a shoulder and, like, presses up against you. Uh, uh, like, gently, like, moving the antler around your head so that he can, like, you know, put his head nearby yours. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. All right. Come on. You're getting blood on me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next move? We should um. We should not go back to our bar. It is burnt down and smells of death. Hey, right, I was supposed to feed the plan. <laughs> Wait, what? Some guys came to rob the bar while you were away, and we killed them. But the plant apparently, the murderous tree apparently, it's got a got a one guy limit. So um. <laughs> <laughs> you do remember Tech and Molu saying I actually don't remember if I said it on stream they said they would be waiting for you 
Like they, they didn't like leave, they weren't leaving the station. Right. And you know, Mm -hmm. Roland having kind of like had them shadowing you, you know, that like they, when they said they were going to be waiting for you, they did mean at Umbra's. Uh, Okay. Well, we should go pick them up because the bar is burnt down and smells of death. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I could, I could get them. And do we all want to go together? No, let's all go down there. I don't, I guess all my stuff probably smells like dead people already. Oh, for for the record, there there may be a revolution still happening. God, I hope not. I what? hope so. <laughs> so you guys start making your way through the station. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you are able to see that the revolution is no longer happening. Um, as you make your way through the main bazaar. Uh, it, it looks like the residents are kind of in, um, cleanup mode. Uh, they are, um, there are the, the bizarre list torn to hell. It's things are shredded, t- overturned, broken. Uh, there's plenty of dead bodies. And basically as you walk through this kind of this, like, it's not totally silent cause people are like talking and co- uh, coordinating their movements, but like people are like helping other people set up their, their stalls again, like getting, like getting their, like their belongings back to them. Uh, and some people who you can tell are like confused as they're trying to figure out like whose stall this is and like trying to like, you know, salvage that stuff for somebody hoping that they're maybe still alive and just injured and not around. Uh, and you do see there's plenty of people, uh, who are a little less squeamish who are moving bodies out of the uh the bazaar um uh and kind of towards the the junkyard area of the um uh like because the bazaar goes all the way through the mesa and one is like the post office one entrance is the post office and the uh one of the big entrances is the post office and the stables uh, and the other one's that like big junkyard and scrapyard and other like indus- industries that you saw over there that's the way that like all the bodies seem to be being moved um you see a couple familiar faces. You don't see Alex Woods. You don't see uh, Professor Granger. Uh, you don't see Harry. No one. No one super prominent. Just some of the people that you've kind of like taken the time to get to know here and there are are still alive. You definitely don't see any bodies that you like overtly recognize, except for maybe sort of recognizing a face in passing, that kind of thing. Is Shirley Charlotte around? Uh, so her store isn't in, in the main bazaar. And you do not see her around. Okay. Her store overlooks the main bazaar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just um, I didn't know if she was. Most of the damage is kind of uh, consolidated to the ground floor of the main bazaar. Mm-hmm. And you know that she was in the crowd when you were being hanged because yeah. she kind of got them in an uproar for you. I know. But you don't <laughs> you don't see her anywhere right now. Okay. Okay. I guess we keep going. Should we help? Um, probably. Let, let, let's get our bearings at the very least first. I, I think it, this will still be happening in the 30 minutes it takes for us to get back. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh, you make your way through the main bazaar. You do catch plenty of looks as you do. Uh, people don't 
interrupt you or interact with you or impede you in any way, but they do, a lot of people seem to mark your movement and kind of stop what they're doing as you pass by to just to kind of watch you go. All of you look terrible. You're shot up, you're bloodied, you're covered in like soot and, exp- and like uh, uh, sweat um, as you make your way through the crowd, um, kind of nursing your wounds. <clears throat> and uh, you're able to make your way down towards the uh, the lower levels and to Umbra's. Uh, as you're approaching Umbra's, uh, before you get there, the door is open. Um, and as you're getting there, you do hear music is playing from the jukebox. It appears the jukebox survived the, uh, uh, the fires. And, uh, as you come around, uh, to the door, you see Tekt and Molu have made themselves comfortable at the bar, um, uh, drinking a drink, um, listening to, uh, music and also in a booth, on the opposite side of the room of the uh, Dracera tree, um, there is a security guard um, whose bindings have been loosened enough for him to be able to have a drink, but not loose enough that he could like, like it's like it's, he's still got like rope on his wrists and ankles, but they're kind of tied together just enough like that. He has enough mo- mo- like range of movement to have a drink that apparently Molu and Tech took the liberty of giving him. <laughs> Um, uh, and, uh, the, yeah, and they're sitting there and they're just kind of like in silence listening to a, a Bobby Klein song as, uh, as, um, uh, it plays loudly on the jukebox and it's, you know, got like a, a much more aggressive guitar to it. Um, and a little bit of like more industrial, like kind of percussion behind it. And it's like. The night is calling, I have to go. The wolf is hungry, he runs the show. He's licking his lips, he's ready to win. On the hunt tonight, for love at first thing. Here I am, riding on a warakin. Here I am, riding on a warakin. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It really makes you think, who did he get to play the drums for him? <laughs> and as you uh as you walk in, uh Tekt and Molu um uh, make eye contact with you, um uh and kind of uh give you a give you a nod. Um and uh Tekt goes I hope you don't mind. I uh, took the liberty of giving your prisoner a little bit more of a comfortable situation, seeing as how uh, he his forces have been defeated. <laughs> oh, there's nobody I'd trust more to keep an eye on one of my prisoners than you two. Uh, and then um, the security guard goes, "Can I? Can I go?" So this um, is Mitchell. He would like to leave. <laughs> there is also, Pax, you do notice a kind of uh, growing rancid smell in the in the bar. It's not overpowering yet, but it is there. Not great. <laughs> uh, hey, um, this isn't going to be one of those things where you've sworn revenge and... God, like, God no. Wake no, up no, 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 no. And- you're there over my bed with a gun and you say this is for Morales. No, no, no. I I mean, I look, I got a lot of feelings going on right now, but uh most important to me is getting out of today alive. 
Yeah, okay. Um, just like, be good. Can you do that? Can you do that for me in exchange for letting you leave now? Yes. No, don't really think about it. <laughs> I, it feels, it feels like a little bit of a, of a, of a loaded, I don't. Yeah, it is, but you're the one tied up, so. Right, but how am I supposed to make that promise? I mean, I ain't ever even left to buy a station and I got to run away now. I mean, the people here are going to, uh, you know, hang me for, for being one of Morales's crew. Well, like, take your uniform off, go get a horse or whatever and go be good. Okay. Great. I don't see why that was so hot. I say as I come over and like untie him. <laughs> he finishes his drink, sets it down, kind of like eyes all of you as like the da na na. It's, it's playing. You really ought to take the uniform off. Right. And he like kind of undoes it and he's just like in like a, a, a t shirt and like underwear. And he's like, because eh. it's can... basically, it's like an armored, like almost like an armored jumper he has. He doesn't even give you your own pants. Uh, it's it's fine. I have a spare. I just gotta swing by. Um, yeah. Uh, um, thank thank you. And he says, like walking out with his hands up. <laughs> As he walks out, I point at him, and I point at the tree, and I point at him again. <laughs> he just <laughs> like gets to the door and bolts the other way. <laughs> Does it look like good armor? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's it might be better armor than what you're wearing right now well i'm not wearing any armor right yeah. now yeah so, I mean, that's not a, a very high bar yeah no it's uh it is fitted and hardened and it's me oh. it's a uh, light fitted hardened okay i'll take that cool you get a security jumper yeah i don't know when i'm gonna wear it but uh, you know <laughs> So, welcome to our bar. It's nice to finally host you here. Interesting aesthetic. It was nicer yesterday. We know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, do, I need a drink. Does anybody else need a drink? Text Molu, refill. And it, without waiting for an answer, Kinsey's going to grab the, the nicest bottle... That didn't get broken, and he'll make everybody a drink. <laughs> nice. Um, Leonard uh, sits there for a second, looking a little worse for wear, and he goes, we should uh, maybe get a, a doctor down here to take a look at everyone. We all took quite a while up there. I spotted a few choice clinics when I got into the station. I could probably, uh, I mean, I got, I got the funds. We, I, can, I can pay to have us looked at. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say no. I think I might be fine, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like bullet holes in your jacket. Tonic <laughs> man, I really uh. <laughs> At the very least, maybe they can help us uh, uh, take down some of these side effects from these tonics. 
Um, oh yeah, I'm super awake right now. Yeah, you're extremely <laughs> wired, Pax. You've done quite a bit of others. <laughs> you're exhausted, but like your eyes so can't, tired. like you can't even keep them closed. They're like springboards. They just pop right back up. <laughs> I forgot about them. Um, he goes, all right, well, I, I'll go, I'll go and fetch a doctor then. And then uh, he comes up to you, Pax, and puts like an arm on your shoulder and is like, you all right? Yeah, I'll be fine. It's, you know, I'm only like the third time I've almost died, so I'm getting used to it. He like glances to Tekt and Molu because he has no idea what, where the hell they came from or who they are. Uh, and he goes, all right. And then... Uh, oh. I'll walk you out and I'll tell him who Tekt and Molu are. <laughs> you, you like go partway down the hallway and be like, yeah, mm -hmm. so they're... We, you know, we made friends with the Ophidian clan and these guys are rangers and yeah, you give him the cliff notes version of it. And he goes, all right, well, I mean, where did they even come from? I don't know. I have a lot of words for Roland and I figure. I figure he knows. All right. Well, I imagine the clinics might be a bit overtasked at the moment, but. Yeah. If I can, if I, if there's a doctor that I can get to come down here and take a look at y'all, if he like gestures at himself, he's like, and, and me. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll bring him down as soon as I can. Okay. All right. And he gives you a kiss on the cheek and then, uh, goes up to the, to the bazaar. Hey, could I ask the three of you to do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Now, I believe. Kinsey, correct me if I'm wrong. Two dead bodies in our vent up there. Yeah, I think it's two. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. Um, I am not physically strong enough to one withstand the environment within said vents, and two carry two fully grown adult men. Could you guys just sort of help out, um, getting them out of there? Do you want them out of the station or just out of the vents? Um, out of the vent is fine for now. Can, when does the tree need to eat again, Kinsey? <laughs> the tree could eat again, Kinsey. <laughs> you know, we, we could feed it one. He's, he's getting a little peckish. God, terrifying. I can't believe you have <laughs> that thing here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tectomolu will, uh, Pax, as you return, Tectomolu and Kinsey are removing two bodies from the vents. Uh, you see the bodies of um, Earl and Bender. Oh, my. <laughs> and uh, Kinsey, uh, uh, Molu will help you carry. Uh, you, you stop and, like, uh, Molu looks at you, looks at the bodies, and, and like sees the massive form that is uh, Earl, and then looks at like the slimmer form that is Bender, and he goes, "That one, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. We'll toss Earl on uh, on uh, Umbra. Uh, yeah, and so you're you're able to uh, bring um, Bender over to the tree. There's no glass to make you not watch it, as uh, Kinsey and Molu carefully. Uh, kind of slump um, Bender against the tree 
His body starts getting pulled in as those Ugh. tendrils close in. His arm snaps and is I'm slowly removed this. from his torso as it gets kind of wrapped around to like the back of the tree. And then his like body gets like lifted up off his feet and is like broken in several parts as it gets pulled into different parts of this tree. And slowly the trees, like all of its tendrils and like extensions and leaves close in around the corpse of Bender. At least it's good for something. And yeah, you're able to uh, per put um, uh, put Earl on Umbra, who I guess is did Umbra come down here with you guys? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't mention it, but Umbra definitely walked with us all the way through the station. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Which may have explained some of the looks, but yeah <laughs> not that many <laughs> not as many as you would think um yeah so you're able to load earl onto umbra's or onto umbra um and uh, is there anything you're doing with earl's body or is he just kind of is umbra just kind of holding on to him right now uh i guess i should we don't really have any planning to do yet so i think probably i'll i'll ask tectimulu to could the Two of you just walk for, walk with me for a moment. I'll I'll go with Umbra to uh, deliver this body and 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 come back. True. Sure. And they uh, finish the drinks, sat down, and the three of you and Umbra uh, make your way towards like the scrapyard where it seems like people are kind of taking the bodies in that general direction. Um. So this might sound interesting. Uh. I saw at one point during that battle, um, I don't know how to say this, I saw myself die, and I, I didn't, as you can see, but I, um, I did see a gentleman, it seemed as though he was wearing Ophidian armor, but it was like, it, it seemed older, it had some like vines wrapped around it, it as an older man with gray hair. And all he said to me was, which didn't seem particularly helpful in figuring out who he was. But do, do, do you know? Do you know anything about? Does that sound familiar? What did he do after you saw him? He flew away. They exchange a look, and then text, uh, like they stop for a second, and so like Umbra stops, and you turn back to look at them. They exchange a look, and then Tech goes, Describe him to me in detail. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, uh, the person you describe is basically a tall, lithe man with sharp, almost gaunt-like features. Um, he's got dark hair with gray streaks in it. Uh, and he's wearing, wearing like ancient Ophidian garb, which you describe in detail, like, you know, from the epaulets to like the binding around his waist and all that. Um, and then also one thing that comes to mind is he has, uh, three vertical, uh, white lines painted on his forehead. Hmm. Um, and they sit there in stunned silence for a little bit. And like, you guys start walking again. And then Tech speaks up and goes, That is almost a perfect description of one of the Almeresh. 
Almarish. What, uh... What do you mean? The Almaresh are thought to be entities made from the mind of the Barrow Snake. They appear throughout our history as guides and warnings. I suppose they're akin to a pantheon of gods. Hmm. It's not many who can see these imprints. And while the influence of the Almoresh can be felt at all times and their wisdom can be sought out by anyone willing to listen, they've only appeared in the way you describe in rare and important times. The man you described, I believe it is Morbu. He's the caretaker of the veil between life and death. And his purpose is to guide souls into the eternal memory. And he serves as the tether, which allows the Ophidian clan to commune with their ancestors. See, you... In the Ophidian clan believes that when you die, your spirit lives on in the memory of the Barrow Snake, so that your wisdom is never lost. And the fact that Mo Morbu appeared to you I mean, the ability to see him is a rare gift, and it must have been granted to you when you meditated in the Black Scale Cavern? I, I, I saw the Black Scale Cavern just, just for a moment. It felt as though I was, like, connected to it. It's where Mobu's presence is most easily found. They exchange another look, and then Molu speaks up and goes, Kinsey... The Ophidian clan is in a state of turmoil. For better or worse, there's a fear amongst our people that those that choose to shed themselves of the Barrow Snake's blessing might not enter its eternal memory when they die. There's a fear that their soul will drift into the cosmos and be lost forever. It's something that is, of course, of, well, importance to the two of us, as we oh. did not choose to lose the blessing, yet we feel its absence every day. But if If you're able to see Morbu this far from the Snake Eye Canyons, that, that must mean that the Barrow Snake's influence is far-reaching. In fact, uh, says, we, we can't know for sure. 
one way or the other. But if I were to venture a guess, Mr. McCharlotte, I would believe that you are meant to serve a great purpose for either yourself or the Barrow Snake or perhaps the Ophidian clan itself. Instead of allowing you to die, Morbu showed you a vision of your potential death in order to allow you to live. In stories, Mobu is a very calculated individual. He's supposed to guide the souls into memory, but is said to be extremely sympathetic to mortal beings. Hmm. Instead, he tends to choose to balance the natural order of death with a desire to allow mortals to live out to their full potential. I myself have called on Morbu's wisdom when I've gone on a particularly dangerous hunt or mission. Anytime we feel our lives may be in the balance, we call to Morbu to look after us and hope that our purpose is, good and is great enough that he will allow us to continue forward. Morbu is not greedy for death. For him to spare you, there must be a purpose behind it. I would recommend that you make your way back to, I mean, we are not, we're, we're, you need to speak to either Apep or, uh, oh no, why are all of my buttons? Oh no. Uh, either Apep or Shesh. Hell, even Lustra could sing you a song or two about Morbu, and perhaps shed light on it. You should come with us to the Snake Eye Canyons. Unless Morbu pokes his head from, from behind the veil one more time to point you in a different direction. <clears throat> there, there are few things more comfort, uh, comforting than I've ever felt in my life and my, my time in the Black Scale Caverns. I, I always intended to return, but perhaps the time is now. At the very least, our people need to know what you saw. We can bring the message to them if you still have business to attend to. Your path is your own to choose. But we must make haste back and let them know what we saw. Of course. Send a message to Soldina at the very least. Get word to the people there. There's hope for people like us. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Um, but first, uh, I'm going, I've got to take care of this, obviously. But you're like, you're you. like almost to the edge of the bazaar with the body at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I, I feel as though I, I need to thank the two of you. Thank you for, for being here. I mean, obviously, I didn't know you were here the entire time, but we, we would not have uh, been successful in this 
crazy cockeyed plan of ours without your without you being here. Well, you, the three of you helped release Molu and I from a life of servitude to a man who was lying to us. Yeah, sorry about him. His sins are not your own. Do not take them on you. And when Roland called, we were honestly pleased to have some purpose. We didn't know what to do. We couldn't, we could just sit there and hope that the Barrow Snake would connect with us once more. So, having something to achieve outside the canyons, it felt like there was a, at least a reason for us to be the way we are. Uh, I'm glad we, uh, <laughs> Roland, I suppose, could give you a purpose. Uh, I, I still believe that you have a greater one than protecting the three of us. Um, uh, Mulder goes, well, the debt is settled. You'll have to do something to compensate us next time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be back in a little bit. Uh, tell, tell Roland and Pax that uh, I've got some business to take care of, and I, I'll clasp both of their arms and uh, make my way into the bazaar. Sure. Uh, as you step out into uh, the sunlight of the late afternoon, um, the warmth of the sun like encapsulates your whole body like a warm blanket. And uh, the fresh air coming off of uh, the, the Badlands like invigorates you like it never has before. Um, as finally you step out into nature, away from the confines of Tobias Station, uh, and you do see a significant amount of people uh, basically laying out bodies uh, to be identified and tended to in the way that uh, best suits them, uh, you know, for uh, either their wills or their loved ones to decide. Uh, and you are able to kind of go over there without any altercation and lay Earl amongst the crowd of dead bodies. Uh, you'd say a little over a, a dozen bodies have been removed from the station at this point. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Roland and Pax. What have you two been up to uh, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the saloon? I think I believe you are alone. Uh, uh, except for the uh, somewhat slow-moving tree in the corner. Um, yeah. I, I, like, sort of, like, limp over to the door and shut it. And then limp back over to the bar and sit down on a, on the chair, on a Barstool. <clears throat> Is there anything you want to tell me, Roland? 
trying to think of which thing. Um, where would you like me to start? I think anywhere is great. Sure. Uh, Leo Riggs is looking for the second gun. Fairly certain it's what Ephraim hid in Tobias Station. The... The... The Companion to the... And you... Actually, Roland, you rolled six successes on... um... Oh shit, is it not Lemaire's gun? It's no, someone else's gun? No, 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 it's Lemaire's gun, but she just said, she said the companion, and that made me, so you know that Lemaire's guns are named Claymore and Flomberg, um, and uh, you guys currently have Claymore. That feels like a, well, actually moment that's not pertinent to this conversation. No, I know, it was just, it, that thought pops up in your head as a person who rolled six successes yeah. on knowing stuff about Lemaire. You're a Lemaire trivia expert now. <laughs> well, actually, you see, Flambert. <laughs> no, I don't say that. Um, right. Uh, no, actually. Um, the deal was based on what we had found as to what Morales was doing with her spurs, which, by the way, was shoveling it to the Valentines and the hateful anti-luminescent propaganda. Uh, Riggs would stand aside when we took our shot. What he said was if we found what Ephraim hid, he would do more than stand aside. And so in the moment that you were going to be hanged, I lied to him because I didn't see another way to save your life. And he sort of confirmed my suspicion when he saw uh, Leonard's gun and believed it to be what he was looking for. Okay, well, I'm less mad now, but... <laughs> And you didn't know that it was the other gun when you promised it to him? I... I don't... I didn't know. I had an inkling, but, like... We found a gun in a cave on the other side of the world. What are the odds that the other one was here in this place that we've decided to overthrow a tyrant? That was the literal thought process that went through my head. I don't know what he wanted. Maybe there was like a brick of luminescence or something. <laughs> okay. Me, you know what? Me and Kinsey sat in that booth and we had a good laugh over the fact that what if it was the other gun? Because that seemed ridiculous yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> And when did you, how did you, you called the Ophidians? <laughs> um, I, I called them almost immediately when we decided this is what we were going to do. And you didn't? Share? I didn't. Okay. 
And and what did you trade for the family? Me. You shouldn't have done that. Well, it's already done. <laughs> I don't want that for you. Can you honestly tell me? But if we left here with whoever they picked to put in charge, you wouldn't feel some need to come back and overthrow them. We stopped here because someone was doing something bad to people in a bad way. The only way I can think to make that not true here is for it to be me. But that's not, that's not fair. What are we supposed to do? I can't. We're supposed to be together. Listen, whether you believe it's possible or not, there's a very nice happy ending where you and Leonard ride off into the sunset. And I know what you're thinking, it can't possibly be that. But I have just delivered, perhaps, maybe not largest, but one of the single largest wins to three of the families on Manifest in removing and replacing someone who was screwing them over. They owe me. And I'm happy to take it in the form of Spurs to pay a bounty. Well, I'm really mad at you. So. <laughs> you wound me. Would you like a drink? <laughs> no. I mean, like water. Sure. Doom, doom, doom. There's a knock on the door. Are you here to kill us? <laughs> I don't think so. You hear the wor the voice of Alex Woods, the grocer from down the street. Great, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> door opens up. Uh, he walks in kind of awkwardly holding a gun that is familiar to you. He has Miguel's gun. Oh my god. Where do I put this? Um, anywhere. Down, probably. Yeah. Right. He kind of like leans it awkwardly. He tries to lean it against the table. The table like moves. He like then leans it against like one of the booths. It's fine. The bar's burnt down. You can break a table. Yeah, what happened here? Uh, you know what? Um, I don't robbery know. gone wrong. Right. He like sm okay? smells a couple times. He does. He is wounded. You do see he has like bandages around his abdomen that are bloody. 
Hey, hey, sit down. Uh, a friend of ours went to go get a doctor to come back uh, here. It's it's fine. I already had it uh, looked at. I, I'm I'm on the mend. It's it's okay. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, return your gun uh, and I guess say uh, thank you for for what you've done. I mean, people are confused. But I'm making sure anyone I talk to knows what y'all did. And uh, word is there's going to be an election uh, in four days for the next station master. A um, couple people saying you might throw your hat in the ring, Hollis. That is, uh, that is the plan. I'd hate to make a mess and leave someone else to clean it up. Well, the way I see it, you got my vote. Three of you ain't done nothing wrong. You saw wrong and you righted it. I know that. And anyone with half a mind in the lower levels knows that. Anyways. There's your gun. Thank you. I'll be on my way. Do you want a drink? Ah, doctor said I shouldn't. Yeah, no. What with the blood and the inside? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I'm gonna see to it. Things get sorted out up top. If there's anything y'all need, you let me know. You too. All right. You like. Tips his hat at you. Walks out. I did. That one was not me. I did not know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing at Miguel's gun. <laughs> I know. He's probably the only other person in this station who could lift it up. So like. He is a very large man. He's <laughs> a very large man. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a million years. Did Carver make it in to the Pearl? Yes. I guess that's how everything... Is he okay? Did they let him he go? Left. Okay. I suspect, given the fact that there will be an election um, and that a real judge is coming for it, they will leave him unharmed. In this case, him being alive to simply tell the truth is in their interest. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Door opens again. And uh, in walks um, Leonard Yen, followed by uh, a woman who you don't recognize. Um, and uh, he walks in uh, saying like, all right, thank you, uh, down the hall, presumably to... <laughs> Alex Woods and he walks in he goes this is uh, Dr. Cobb um, doctor these are your pa where where the hell is Kinsey uh, he went to take out the trash alright alright well um, if you could doc and uh, she turns to him and goes he's doctor Doc is where you put boats. Doctor. I, how have we never met? 
All right, doctor, if you could. All right. Terrible conditions. Sit. <laughs> and she points at like a booth for Roland. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm fine. Her first. Sit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she uh, does. He, am... She does listen to you and go over to Pax first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. She just wanted me to sit. <laughs> I can sit and drink. <laughs> um what what injuries do you have pax uh the tears are what what's important to me the, sure the class have, of your injury i have three uh um or i have two tier one injuries and one tier or one class two injury okay your first tier one injury is uh treated Your second tier one injury is treated. And then you said you have one tier two. Yeah. Oh, oh no, all my dice. Uh, your tier two is also treated. Nice. I feel much better. No other injuries? No other injuries. You Just... got hit point damage? Yeah, I Any, am Anything missing... that can be healed or is it all... It's all locked in, right? I have I have taken a health tonic mm. since and then been injured again. So um, I am missing 10 hit points. These are new holes. These are new holes. Uh, you, you heal six of those hit points. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm only missing four hit points. Uh, Roland, you have no hit point damage, right? Yeah, I'm just, you know, my... My knee wobbles a little bit. <laughs> and honestly, like I feel like I've been going for days. Uh what's the tier? I have a, I have a class two and a class one injury. Alright, well the class one is treated and the class two is almost treated. You need one more uh rest for that to be treated. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, so for you, Pax, uh, she, um, works on it a little bit, uh, treats your different injuries, injects you with a bunch of different stems, uh, patches up some stuff. No, not stems. <laughs> not, not, not like stems, chemicals. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> she goes, you're going to have trouble sleeping tonight. There's nothing I can do. Oh. <sighs> And then she looks at, like, her scanner a little bit for a second, looks at you, looks back at her scanner, and then moves away. Uh, and then she goes over to uh, Roland. And I would, I would love to read that expression on this doctor's face here right now, this instant. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, blend. You're rolling blend. That's what she is rolling to attempt to play it cool. Okay. Yeah, she's like, I'm just a doctor. There's nothing wrong. This is fine. Uh, you are up against an eight. She is an open book to me. <laughs> I have three hits. There's something in Pax's blood work that she is not concerned about, but that is surprising to her. And she is choosing not to bring it up right now. But you also, how many successes? Three. You get the intent, the the uh, uh, impression that she intends to talk to Pax about it once she's done treating people's wounds. Okay. 
so yeah, she works on your knee, Roland, uh, and uh, she goes, you're going to need to rest. And she looks at the blood work and goes, you're going to have problems sleeping tonight. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I am. Um... That's right. Uppers. They just gave them all uppers. I guess that makes sense. They were children. <laughs> <laughs> After tonight, it should be better. Uh, and then now, she. There's no way I could like take a sleep tonic tonight. You will sleep. You will not rest. It will be bad. Nightmares, perhaps. I don't recommend it. Medicine is a cruel mistress. That's why I got my doctorate in literature. <laughs> uh, she goes over to uh, Leonard, patches him up a little bit, looks at his arm that like got shot, and is like, I can't do anything about that. I can recommend. And he's like, it's fine. I've learned how to patch it up myself. And she goes, okay. Um, uh, I, I look over at Leonard. Hey, uh, Leonard, um, we might have some stuff down in the war room, actually. To get that arm fixed up, if you want to. Have you ever been in our secret clubhouse? Come, see our secret clubhouse. All right. He stands up, uh, moves off to the side. You notice Roland, the doctor, like, taking the time to take extra time packing up her bags. And you and Leonard leave. She zips up her bag, looks over to Pax and goes, How are you feeling? Much better. <laughs> Thanks. That is good. The uh, she sits down on the bar, like across from you, a few like stools away, and she goes, "The um, tonics that you took, they will uh, keep you up uh, tonight. Perhaps a little bit beyond tonight. Uh, it could be rough." Um, and she pulls out like a tonic and slides it over, and she goes, "This may help. Uh, there are no side effects. It is the purest." Uh, healing tonic you can find on the market. My own device. Um, Thank you. I'm sorry. I did not get your name. I I am Amelia. Uh, um, you can call me Pax. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Pax. I have some news. Okay. Am I okay? You are fine. Um, but you may want to rethink your line of work, at least for some time. It appears, uh, Miss Pax, that um, you are pregnant. I understand if this comes as a shock. People in your line of work they do not typically intend for this to happen but um uh, your blood work uh, indicates that uh, it may have been recent huh. i thought you would like to know <laughs> yeah uh you're like sure Yes, yes, uh, my uh, med kit is excellent quality. It would not give me a false positive. It is early. 
surprising okay. I can even tell at this point, but uh, the signs are there. It's extremely early. I suggest if you would like to stop by the clinic, I can tell you more about what you can expect. It is very early. There's a long road ahead of you. Uh-huh. And our clinic is at your disposal. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're looking um, for something a little less ramshackle, uh, perhaps one of the factory it, towns, Markham's Landing, uh, Ion Harbor has... Uh, oh, I, um, no, I can't. Uh, it's too far. <laughs> well. Um, yeah, thank you. I will. I'll stop. I'll stop. Bye. Wait, where is your clinic? We are on the second level, um, between the bazaar and the upper crust, um, in wing uh, 23C. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks. I'm just doing my job. No, I get, yeah, no, but it's, I, thanks, I think. You know, I am so sorry, Leonard. I was sure we had cubes down here. Kinsey must have taken them and used them without telling anyone. <laughs> he oh. does this with the till, is the thing. Roland, what the hell? I, I don't, I mean... Is there something you wanted to talk about? I don't understand. This is obviously picked clean. I haven't been here for a few days. I'm sorry, Leonard. I'm sorry I tried to do a nice thing and help you repair your arm. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's hard to tell with you sometimes. It's, it's hurtful to me that you would think I wanted anything but your own well-being. And I go up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> If you have any questions, Miss Pax, you know where to find me. Mm -hmm. uh, my intent was to be loud enough that Pax could hear us coming. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah thank you. She nods and then uh, leaves. <laughs> Did, um... And then uh, Roland returns to the bar like two seconds later. Door opens up. And uh, Leonard follows close behind. He looks at you, sees you looking at him, and he like smiles and goes, Feeling better? Uh huh. You all right? <laughs> I don't know. Am I missing something? He looks at Roland, looks at Max. <laughs> Do you know? I mean, I've... Listen. I've been in her position before, you see. It's a look I'm familiar with. How, how could you... I just... How do you... I didn't... How dare you? It's all, it's just context. I just you but 
I, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything so that you could say something. Can someone say something to me? Maybe? What's going on? Um, no pressure. Rolling bursts out laughing. Uh, I'm pregnant. And I'm... Which is like a whole bunch of problems, but also really great. And, and I'm yeah yeah you're welcome this is awesome <laughs> oh my god are you for uh you're are you really yeah oh my god and he rushes over and he gives you a kiss on the mouth yeah. and he goes oh um uh this, i mean this is this is amazing. I mean, I wasn't, we weren't, hey, wait, how did you, how did he, what? Do you need he almost to... always knows everything before I can explain it else. to you. A doctor looked at a woman's blood work, saw something surprising, and then kept it to herself until they were alone. But we. And it wasn't, it wasn't bad surprising, right? Like, you can tell that on a face when it's bad surprising. But, but we, I mean, we, how, I mean, she's sure, you're sure. Yeah. Leonard, you can't possibly need me to explain to you how. Roland, <laughs> for the first time in your life, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he puts a hand on Pax's cheek and he goes, I, I mean, this is, what do you want to do? I mean, I, that's, that's a, you just found out. You can take time if you need to. I don't need to. I can't, I... Roland and Kinsey are going to be great uncles. They're crazy, and I think they're going to be great. And I think if you want to be a dad, you might be great, too. Of course and, I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't do what my mom did to me. His face goes a little, like, hard at that. And he goes, right. So. Um... I need to, I need to send a couple LRCs. We're going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. Okay. Even if you don't, it'll be okay. I have to try. And he steps back, kind of like beaming, like a little dazed. Uh, and he kind of like sizes you up for a second. And he turns to Roland and goes, you can talk again. <laughs> You're not in charge of me. <laughs> <laughs> he like lets out a barking laugh and then like kind of like stumbles his way out of the bar. And as he does, 
Tecton Bolu walk in. He didn't get kidnapped again, did he? Oh, no. <laughs> Kinsey? No, um, he said he had to take care of some things. He said he would be... He's, he's going through something. See, okay. He was weird after the whole... I think you're going to find him weird for a while. Oh, he's always been weird, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but he's okay? Uh, Molu Did says, he tell you? Molu says he's excellent. I think well, he just I needs a little time out in the wild with Umbra to clear his head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tect says, as for us, we need to spare no time in returning to Snake Eye Canyon. Everything okay? Yes. Yes. The... There are concerns that our people have regarding the revelation that was had with our survival. Kinsey seems entwined with something that gives us hope. It's hard to explain. But... Kinsey can tell you himself, I suppose. But what he told us gives us hope, and we need to pass that hope on to our people. Well. So with the debt settled, it was great seeing the three of you again, even from afar. <laughs> Next time, I feel like you could probably say hi. Or just come visit if you want. Molu looks at Roland and says, we were under very strict instruction. Yeah, yeah we talked can, about that. You can blame that one on me. Yeah. <laughs> Tati goes, oh, we will. <laughs> but I hate um, this being accountable thing. <laughs> but if you ever need to reach us, send word to the father uh, in... Soldina, he will pass messages along to the clan in the canyons. If and you see Sky, can you tell her hi? Absolutely. Had we had the time to talk to her before we left, I imagine she would have sent me with the same message. <laughs> and if you ever need our help again, Debt or no debt, you can at least reach out, see what happens. I figure I owe you for the guys in the vent anyways. Yes, well, hopefully the smell clears soon enough. One can hope. The tree undulates. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I hate that thing. That's the first repair we're doing. We should get rid of it, I think, right? The tree? Yeah. Are you going to move it? Because I'm not touching it. I'm not going no. near that no, thing. No, 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 no. 
I guess we have to burn the place down. <laughs> you already did, and it lived. So it was a small fire. Small fire. <laughs> just, just, just like do the glass thing can again. Hang a, can we hang a sheet? <laughs> <laughs> Tekton Malu bid you adieu <laughs> as they leave. Kinsey, what, uh, what do you get into after you drop off Earl's body? Uh, well, the original plan was. Um, to drop off the body and then take uh, Umbra to the stables. Um, okay. But for some reason, Kinsey feels like no urge to do that. And so I think he and Umbra just kind of kind of wander uh, out into the desert. And uh, I'm going to think about this uh, Morbu person and see if maybe I can, like, I don't know, just find a place that feels good. Okay. Um, so your commune with nature ability allows you to get some inkling of something, but you have to roll for more detail. Great. Um, so, uh, what you get moving through, you're just trying to find a place that feels good and you do eventually find like an area, like you actually, you go further than you would think. Uh, and, and like, you're not pushing Umbra beyond his limits, but Umbra is hurt and is a little winded. Um, but like, you're not pushing him hard. He's not moving fast and he's happy to move a little further. He's still got plenty of fight left in him. Uh, as you make your way out into the desert, you just kind of casually walk out. The sun is getting lower at this point, like starting to be broken up by the mountains on the horizon. Uh, and you find a spot. You can't see the station. You can start to see one of the two moons in the sky. Uh, and, uh, you kind of like stop for a second and you're like, this is it. But that's all you're going to get without a roll. Uh, I can roll. I have ice for that. <laughs> uh, now if you're using commune with nature, you do have to, you have to, you have to present me with a question for this one, role. One with nature, right? Or yeah. One, one with nature. I just figured you would, you would want to get the, the talent. <laughs> um well <laughs> um actually it's called the one with nature <laughs> commune with nature was an earlier iteration of the talent that never made it to print <laughs> such good conversations Uh, that's four hits. Ooh. Uh, what is it you're trying to find out? Um, I am just trying to find out, and I don't even know if the Earth knows this, and it's more important that I'm asking the question than that I get a specific answer. I'm basically going to like tune into my feeling of all of the nature around me, and I'm going to say, why, why me? Why would Morbu want? Uh, so yeah, you sit down, and you have like you kind of sit down, and Umbra curls up next to you, and um, you have that thought. You're just kind of looking up at the stars. 
looking around. You hear the axe handle hounds yipping in the distance. Uh, and uh, kind of resting next to you, taking a breather, um, Umbra's ear kind of flops onto your, uh, onto your lap. And instinctively, you kind of like touch his ear and then move up to his head and kind of like pet him a little bit. Um, and then your attention is pulled to Umbra. And Umbra is like looking at you as you're petting him. And something with your connection to Umbra feels important. Hmm. And then you look up past Umbra and you see Morbu standing there as like the dust kind of swirls up around him. And you notice on his uh, neck, he has uh, a twine with a necklace and that necklace has the prong of a jackalope ant uh, antler on it. And he gives you a slight smile, just the smallest one in his hard, gaunt face. Huh. And then you blink and he's gone. <laughs> and then Umbra shifts a little closer to you. Um, as I'm sitting and, and petting um, <clears throat> Umbra's head, uh, I would like to use uh, my Master the Elements talent as I kind of like enter a stage of meditation. Um, and I would like to use uh, the Earth part of that to... Um, sure. Yeah, do your thing. You, you, you can narrate it better than I can. Yeah, so um, you kind of get into this like meditative feeling. Everything becomes Zen. You open yourselves up, yourself up to that kind of vibrancy of nature around you that like you've always been aware of, but like right like after what you experienced, it's like heightened, and you can you can you feel like you can hear and feel nature for miles, like somewhere in those mountains on the horizon you like hear copper bird uh 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 i don't know what's the word i want um like babies what's a baby bird called chicks Ch chicks copper bird chicks like uh uh like chirping up and you hear like the movement of their metal wings forming on their bodies and uh you you hear like the sound of of wind and then you very far away from you you do hear the movement of what you're sure is a snallygaster moving away from you you feel safe <laughs> <laughs> strangely you kind of commune with that for like a second right and like you you like feel like it's fine it's just on the hunt it's not hunting for you. It's not hunting for anything in particular. It's just hungry. I can't. I, I communed with him for a second. Uh, I don't know how to like describe this, but I want to send it like the feeling of like a wink, like you do your thing. 
<laughs> you don't know whether or not that message was received, but you do that. <laughs> um, and then you feel below you uh, in the ground, the dry, hard, rocky ground of the Badlands. You do feel deep below you. It's either an underwater stream or pond or gathering of water from the most recent rainfall. And you feel parched. Not oppressively so, but a little bit. And you're out in the Badlands. And you feel the weight of your wounds on you. And as you sit there petting Umbra and thinking on these things, you hear the water more and more. And then you put your hand back to adjust your seat. And you touch grass. Hmm. <laughs> not hard rock. And you kind of open your eyes and look around in, in a very small patch around where you and Umbra are laying, like maybe five feet on either side of the two of you in like a, roughly a cir circular formation. Vegetation has grown up and you see berries that you know are edible and mushrooms that you know are edible and can keep on the road uh, kind of sprouting as you look on these plants. And then just a little bit in front of you, about four-ish inches tall, three to two inches wide, kind of sharp, jagged tip, there is a glowing rock. That has just the faintest of a glow, which as the sun is setting is a little more prominent, but just a, a, a slight warm orange grow, glow to it. Huh. And I'll, I'll look at it for a second. And I'm going to like shake Umbra awake. <laughs> I know, I know. And then Umbra immediately leans down. And cautiously bites one of the berries. <laughs> and less cautiously bites three more. <laughs> what do you think that thing is? Looks at the stone. Gets up on all fours. Moves around it. Sniffs it a little bit. Pulls back. And looks at you and goes with his back leg. I'm not going to touch it. You touch it. <laughs> looks at you a little bit longer. Moves forward. Puts a nose against the rock. And there's a kind of sound and the, and the light pulses just a little bit and umber pulls back and you watch as the wounds and blood on umber's body close up and heal and reverse and umber like steps up like straightens up a little bit and like <laughs> like <laughs> shakes himself like clean for a second looks under his like his leg starts licking his haunches a little bit and then, like, steps up, spins around, and then just goes, like, poof, and, like, leaps off into the darkness and starts, like, bounding around you in a circle. And then, poof, like, lands in front of you, uh, his ears completely up. 
as he looks at you. <laughs> Completely healed, 100%. <laughs> I don't... I don't know what... And I'm going to, like, look a little, little bit more. Now, look at him a little bit more. And, uh... I don't have any actual damage to me, but I've definitely been hurt. And I think I'll touch the stone, too, and just heal any cosmetic damage that I have. Well, you have injuries. Yes, I do. That's true. All of those go away. <laughs> the moment you touch the stone, every injury is healed. Every hit point is healed. I'll look at Kinsey and I'll say, uh, uh, sorry. I'll, I'll look at Umbra and I'll say, uh, do you want to go for a ride? <laughs> Drops down on one leg to let you get on easier. And I'll hop on. And uh, Kinsey, or now you got me doing it. Uh, Umbra, Umbra will bound uh, like three or four like leaping bounds away from this like little tiny patch of like grass that you've made. And then he'll stop and he'll look back at it. And then like wait for you. Give him a little head, a head jerk. Yep. And he <laughs> leaps away and you just go on a full on. It's like the first time you met Umbra, uh, where, <laughs> where he was like half trying to buck you half seeing how well you could hold on, uh, as he leapt through, uh, the, the mountainside. Um, he is bounding and bouncing off of any like terrain he can as he sprints around the area. And as the sun has completely set, and uh, the stars are high in the sky and it is well into the evening. You see <laughs> ahead of you uh, the uh, lights of Tobias Station as Umbra is bringing you back. Hmm. Roland and Pax, you have the whole evening. <laughs> Kinsey doesn't get back until nighttime. Yeah, um, are you, are you hungry? Neither of you can sleep either. <laughs> um, no, uh, I don't want to eat ever. Um, I'm hungry. Well, there's gotta be like fruit or like eggs or something. You know how to make eggs, right? It was worth a shot. I don't know. I, guess. I go into the kitchen and I start cooking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland, you've never cooked before. At least on not, not on stream, on stream, on stream. I'm not liking your life, but at least for a while you've been depending on Kinsey's cooking skills. I've been allowing Kinsey to. <laughs> um, yeah, you know a recipe or two at least, right? So you can roll Lord a minus three. Okay. Sure. Fine. <laughs> Kinsey hasn't stocked this kitchen to match any recipe you particularly know. <laughs> yeah, but like, cooking isn't about any recipe. It's about feeling. <laughs> it's going to make you roll tenacity if you keep talking. <laughs> uh, at a minus three, that's three hits. Okay, yeah. You... 
you open up the cupboard and it's it like doesn't match nothing matches like any of the recipes like you know and like but you're like but let's just sort of salt fat acid and heat right and so you just start being like this should go well with this <laughs> this should go well with this this isn't so hard <laughs> and uh yeah you uh grab uh you maybe don't use kinsey's uh ingredients as efficiently as kinsey might and you don't necessarily i'm certainly not trying to use them efficiently <laughs> <laughs> and you you might not make as um as like extremely good a meal as kinsey has made in the past when he's rolled like five hits on <laughs> on cooking but uh, in this particular instance, you do make an extremely good uh, dinner for you and Pax. Um, uh, and you come out with two completely full plates of like starch, meat, greens. <laughs> so we're going to need to go grocery shopping in the morning. I've used everything, but also I figured this bar's maybe kaput, so we should use it while it's here. <laughs> I don't, I mean, we can fix it up. Sure. I mean, probably. And I guess, you know, the last bar that was here was revived after a horrible murder took place. So <laughs> keep yeah. the tradition alive. <laughs> yeah. OK, uh, so you guys have a very nice meal. Um, you still can't sleep. Neither of you can sleep tonight. Uh, you do not regain any hit points. You do not. um uh your injuries are not treated with a rest. Um, neither of you can sleep. You're just awake. You're just awake. And I think probably Kinsey comes back late at night and the two of you are awake playing cards or something like that. You so you... What? Force? Oh, I don't know. Yes. No. No. Do you think that it's here though? The other gun for real? He's supposed to say go fish. Yeah, go probably. fish. Go fish. <laughs> uh, Kinsey, you return to Umbra's. Uh, well, so I don't want to skip ahead. Like, Umbra does stop at the stable <clears throat> and allow you to get off and then looks at you, thumps his back leg a couple times, shoulder checks you, <laughs> and then takes a couple more steps towards the stables and then looks at you again. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll meet up later. He, like, lowers down for a second and then, like, leaps up and, like, <laughs> does, like, three bouncing, like, circles around you and then stops for a second. And, like, kind of, like, sets his feet for a second, looks at you, and then thumps his leg a couple more times and then turns back towards the stables. <laughs> Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Uh, and he uh, goes up and one of the stable, uh, uh, like one of the stable masters sees you and recognizes you and recognizes Umbra, opens up the door, Umbra bounds in, he gives you a wave, shots the door behind him. Uh, and then, yeah, you make your way into Umbra's, I assume. Uh, and uh, you see Roland and Pax still awake, playing cards. Yeah, I mean, Leo thought it was here for sure. And he doesn't strike me as a man to be so certain without some evidence. Sure. I mean, we should look for it. Oh, then. yeah, that's definitely on my list. Pretty high. Yeah. Do you think my stuff got looted from the security office? 
I'd love to have my stuff back. I'd hate to tell Kinsey that I lost his bow. Hi, Kinsey. How you doing? Hello. Great. Do you want to play cards? Oh, Roland and I can't sleep. Possibly forever again. Also, I'm pregnant. <laughs> They're unrelated. <laughs> All right, take it, great, uh, Roland. <laughs> con con congratulations, or yes, congratulations. <laughs> the two two of you crazy kids are going to make a go of it then. Uh, like uh, you love to see it. Yeah, maybe. But that's for you know later. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, twos. Do you have twos? That's the third time I've asked for twos, right? <laughs> you get some twos. Nice. Yeah. You know how to play fish. Do I go again? <laughs> I don't know how to play. Do I know how to play fish? I'm the fish master, my friend. <laughs> I am very bad at this game. Roland is letting me win. Kinsey sits down, grabs the top of the deck, and immediately loses really quickly because you all you're able to calculate what hasn't been guessed yet that Kinsey <laughs> definitely has because he just grabbed like the top half of the deck that's remaining. <laughs> you got sixes. How do you know? Eights. Jacks. <laughs> Take them all. Take them all. <laughs> Give me the eights. <laughs> uh. Which ace is it? Hearts. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Kinsey, you are able to go to sleep at a certain point tonight. Yep. Um, uh, Roland and Pax stay up through the night. Um, Pax... Hey, if you write a list before you go to bed, we'll go food shopping in the morning. Yeah, the kitchen's a mess, Kinsey. <laughs> Somebody cooked in there and it got real dirty. <laughs> it was probably part of the attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they was here for the you weren't even here for the attack. <laughs> yeah, Bender must have got in there and tried to make dinner or something. <laughs> I'll do the dishes and then I'll go to bed. Don't forget the list. I've got the list in my head. Okay. It's gonna make it hard for us to shop from it then. I can't hear you from my wonderfully comfortable bed. <sighs> I think I'll go to sleep. <laughs> uh, Kinsey, you get a rest, which I don't think matters because you uh, uh, use your Master of the Elements. Um, Roland and Pax. Uh, Roland, you slept between now and then. Pax, you have not. This is the second night. I mean, you got like four hours of sleep. I got four hours of but sleep. But long get a, enough for, yeah. You didn't get a rest. Nope. <laughs> I love the chat realizing what I wanted to say, which was, yeah, Kinsey, you're fine because you touched a rock. <laughs> <laughs> the chat immediately is like, you touched a rock. You're good. Uh, uh, Pax, uh, uh, I need you to roll an Endura test for me. Of course. You know how bad I am at these. <sighs> Um, okay. I'm gonna take hit point damage. I have been betrayed. 
I have zero hits. <laughs> okay. You take four hit point damage. Oh, no. <laughs> and take that tonic. It heals three of your hit points with no side no! effects. <laughs> oh, you I net one hit point damage. I net one loss, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> is your armor just ripped to shreds? Yes. Minus two. Do you want to go get our armors repaired? All of my stuff was taken. Let's go get your stuff. <laughs> Middle and... of the night in Tobias Station. <laughs> no one's asleep. There was a violent revolt yesterday. <laughs> Maybe there's like a campfire. Everybody is like talking around, you know, like how it yes, was yes, with the I new bet. Riveteers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost certainly. There's mm -hmm. probably... 10 campfires. Yeah. Just one strategic It is place. a big place. It's a big place. One campfire. What if there's one big campfire? Like It'd be too big. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's not one big campfire. It looks like business has gotten halfway to normal. Um, there's people who are manning their stalls, dealing with the nighttime, people who come through to buy a station. Um, it seems a little wild. Like, you know that it's like... It doesn't, the Tobias station has always been chaotic, but there is like a certain amount of like, oh no, don't go that way. Like people are like, uh, people who are coming in are unaware of what's happened here and are kind of getting just kind of word of mouth, like, you know, directions from people who kind of have a general idea of like how the station is supposed to operate on a day to day. Um, there's no one central like control point that is like kind of organizing everything but kind of as a community they are making it work uh for tonight um and uh you're able to make your way over to the uh station master or to the uh security captain's um uh jailhouse and uh you are able to enter it there's no one there and pax you're able to retrieve your goods nice Good. Because we're going to have to sell some of this in order to get our cubes. It's oh, great. What are you talking about? I got 10 spurs on me. You have 10 spurs? Yeah, before you guys left, you did open up the till thinking like, oh, we might need to buy some stuff. And you saw a big piece of paper written in Kinsey's handwriting that says, Kinsey, I owe you everything. <laughs> <laughs> You think he thought that the size of the paper needed to correspond with the amount of spurs? He might have just been in a hurry. He was probably in a hurry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it's like pretty late, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like three in the morning. Hmm. I don't know where to get cubes at three in the morning at Tobias Station. I mean, somebody's open. Yeah. Tobias Station doesn't go to bed. No, it, Roland is right. It's not hard to find some cubes. Um, if you want a large quantity of cubes, then probably it's hard. But if you want a probably reasonable like quantity of cubes, there are merchants up and down the bazaar who are still sort of operating despite the bazaar being a bit torn up still and their stalls not looking exceptionally good at the moment. Yeah, probably just like four or five cubes should be pretty safe. Sure. Yeah, just machinery cubes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you uh, buying from the stalls, it's three spurs, a machinery cube. Oh, that's so many. That's so many. 
You I'm you tired. get your armor taken care of, and we'll take it. I can just wear this like jumpsuit thingy that that I took. I don't have the energy to haggle, so yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, um, here, give me your armor. No, you. What did I just say? <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you said, but I'm doing a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> fine. You know, you should. You should help organize this up here. Uh, I got four hits, so your armor heals seven hit points. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's, yeah. It's uh, sort of on my list. That's why I wanted to get get you squared away. So yeah, good to go. Then I was gonna go be a man of the people. I mean, if it's what you want, you might as well make sure you get it. Yeah. Then I start working on my armor. Do you like this stuff? Like the whole like repair tinker kind of stuff? Or are you just good at it? Um, it feels like it's annoying to you. No, Is it it's annoying? Not, it's not annoying at all. Um, I wouldn't. It's not that I don't like it. It's that, um, I got four hits, by the way. So it's okay. seven. Yep. You heal Say seven. Like putting my armor Seven back. armor points. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's that... There's, there's something... And I know, even as I say it, I've seen people who make things that defy this, but there's something cold and, and dispassionate about it. You put the parts together in the right configuration and you make the thing. And like like I said, I've seen people make wonders with a box of scraps. And that's just not me. It's all just parts to me. And I can I can make things with parts. But they're just things, you know? Mm. I don't know. It looks cool. When you do it, it's always like, how did you do that? I mean, I could, I could teach you some stuff. No. I mean, thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I don't want to learn. Well, if you don't want to learn, that's entirely different. I was going to say, you don't have to be good to enjoy something. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. I guess dying a whole bunch almost makes you like all existential or something because i don't i don't even know what i like <laughs> you should figure it out yeah i should also thank shirley when it's day daylight hours i think i owe her like everything she hadn't bought you that 30 seconds it could have turned yeah real bad i know <sighs> You should, uh, should go find Leonard and see what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna? You're gonna just be. I'm gonna go here. organize. Okay. Well. I'll be don't... around if you need me. Okay. I destroyed my um, radio, so I don't have one anymore. Oh, I picked up a few. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I have like, oh yeah, I guess we could just use these ones now. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, Roland, go ahead and roll connections for me. Uh, you can have a plus three because as you step out and kind of see what's going on, you realize you're like, you haven't reopened Morales's data pad like extensively at this point, but you did spend like a good amount of time on Morales's data pad. And you realize like, you're like, Oh wait, that's Carl. That's Susan. <laughs> like, like, like you're able to like you've read You've been extorted recently. <laughs> <laughs> you've read so like you you were like like pouring through and you know so many of the people in Tobias Station without ever having met them. And like you're at least good enough to read through Morales's bias on these people to be like, okay, this mm -hmm. is what Morales thought about this person, so that probably means <laughs> and yeah. the, those kind of things. You said um, a plus three? Yeah. Uh, well, I hope it's unopposed, but I do have five hits. It is unopposed, and you got five Great. hits. So I get over a ten. <laughs> it gets it gets singing tonight as you uh, like Pax leaves. You stop for a second. You kind of like eye everything. You start to realize like you've met a lot of these people in passing, and a lot of these people you haven't met at all. But because you took the time to study Morales's notes, you kind of know the job really well already and you're like carl needs his potatoes you look over there and like there's like trucks being unloaded you're like perfect okay hey you booth 82 like <laughs> and like you immediately like there's like uh uh people unloading people moving things around there's people coming in and like tr needing direction to like different things uh and really quickly everyone starts like relying on you as you just kind of like without like going and asking anyone what they need you show up with the thing they need and like you like at least half of the people, if not more, if more like 75% of the people you interact with, you you're able to be like, uh, you're you're Winston, right? Yeah. Hey, I, I'm Roland Hollis. And you like shake their hand and and uh, and and like hand off their stuff and be like, if there's anything you need, let me know. Uh, and then like you move on and you do like some extremely good work tonight and everyone like like what was uh, uh, a functional but somewhat chaotic evening um, turns into almost like a normal night in Tobias Station um, as you're able to move your way around and people are even calling out for you for like an assistance and then eventually it starts to get like kind of going like you've deputized a couple people who you know kind of like know what they're supposed to do but needed just a little bit of direction and there's a certain point where you're able to like step back and like you have like I don't know, someone gave you some iced tea or something and you're like sitting back like on like the steps partway up the landing and you're like just like taking a, a second to like take a drink and relax for a second, uh, you know, like rest, rest your voice and you watch as the station like operates perfectly having you just having put people in the right place at the right time with the right direction and now it's all working and uh, a couple people walk by and they're like, Mr. Hollis? Mr. Hollis, as they like pass you to go to their beds for the, uh, not the evening, the morning, as the sun is beginning to rise at this point. Um, they, they pass by and I wave and they get out of earshot. And I mean, if you're going to be technical, it's doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Pax, uh, before the sun is up, you, you make your way back to Umbra's. 
Um, and you find uh, Leonard sitting in one of the booths uh, uh, asleep. Just like completely out of it, asleep. He's got like his hand on like next to a glass of water. Uh, and he is just out of it. Um, his arm okay. is repaired, which is nice. Good. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll like gently wake him up. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, must have dozed off. It's okay. Do you want to go to bed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you both, uh, go to bed, climb up into your, um, uh, little lofted bed and he kind of holds you extra tight. And like, as you're drifting off to sleep, he does like lay his hand gently on your stomach. And that's where we're going to take a break. All right. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, for those of you just joining us, um, Kinsey, Pax, and Roland have been convalescing after their revolution against Captain Morales. Uh, Kinsey has discovered he is more attuned with nature than he's ever been, um, including having some strange powers that include visions and the ability to heal himself with the earth. Um, Pax and Roland have not been able to sleep very well. Um, and Pax, like, even though you went to bed with, with Leonard, like, you're not able to sleep, so. Nope, I stare at the wall until he awakes. You're just kind of laying there thinking about stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, Roland, you spend uh, the evening helping um, make the station continue to work during this time. Um, and uh, the next day comes along. Um, you have three days until election day in Tobias Station. Um, Roland, you're able to return to your companions as Kinsey wakes up and Leonard wakes up and Pax gets up. <laughs> uh, the bar is still torn to shreds and half burnt down, uh, but at least the smell is almost gone. Hey, great. <laughs> it's a start. Uh, so I've got to speak to, um, I guess the technically campaign donors now. Um, I've got to speak to, uh, our criminal friends today. Do you, you want company? Do you want to be there? I don't know. I mean, strictly speaking, it is your turn. For me to be there? For you to guard Roland while he's there. Fine. <laughs> I kind of wanted to start looking for the gun. And yeah. I have to see Shirley. And I want to check and see that the kids are okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't need anyone to, to come with me to protect me. I'm I'm fine. No, I mean, like, it's not going to take that long, right? I can just come with you. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm about to go talk to the three heads of the major crime families that operate in Tobias Station to determine the future of this government. Okay, go. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> I... I 
I understand the meeting to be taking place in Grey Foster's suite because that would make sense. Uh, so uh, you actually, um, you get to, who do you want to go see first? Do you want to go see Acosta first? Do you want to go see Bahara oh, first? No, 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 no. I'm going, listen, I understand who is in charge here. I go speak to Salem Bahara first. <laughs> <laughs> so you start making your way towards uh, where you understand Salem Bahara to be uh, staying right now. Um Kinsey and Pax, what are the two of you getting into this fine day? I think unless Pax needs me, I might go see Anton Granger and see uh, the progress that he's making on our anti... Uh, is it mold? Yeah, there's a terrible toxic mold in the vents of the lower levels. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check up with him unless Pax needs me. No, I guess I, I don't. I'm just gonna... um. Hey, ask him if he has a giant piece of glass or something when you're down there. I mean, I'll ask, but most of his plants are also out in the open, so. Yeah, but I'm not going to get close to that thing to clean around it. I can, I can try and tidy up the bar a little bit if y'all need. Look, I, I, I mean, I've been, gonna... I've been hiding out, uh, says Leonard. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've been hiding out this whole time. You know, it was, I don't know most of the folk here, and I don't know how to be of use. So if, if getting Umbra's back on its feet is something that's worthwhile, keeps me out of uh, sight, and I don't have anything to do today. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to go check and on some people and then i'm gonna come back and i'll join you so sure um pax do you got a second we can talk yeah kinsey he says to you like a goodbye oh me too okay sure no he says it like a goodbye <laughs> oh, like a good he goes no i was i thought you were leaving as yeah. right i am leaving to do right things. so good, um, need to good luck i guess is yep Yep, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't have to be weird about it. Ask him about the glass. <laughs> All right, Lee, ask him about the glass. I can don't I can fix up the I can make the case fine. I I can fix up some of the stuff around here. I mean I I ain't as handy as, you know, Roland or anything, but I mean as far as repairing some shelves and putting up some glass, I can at least achieve that. Look, I, you mentioned, I think I heard you mention you were going to look for another one of these guns. Yeah. Apparently there's two of them and, um, it's here. Right. Yeah. No, I, I know. I mean, that was, I was trying to figure out what Rufus Nash was up to. I understood it was, uh. Legend is that each gun is a half of a map that leads to where uh, Quentin Lemaire is laid to rest. I just... Roland said a thing yesterday. He, he suggested, after he took out Riggs in, I mean, I'll say it, a spectacular fashion. Um, I mean, he said... He said to me that it was best for me to destroy this thing. 
I mean, I don't know. And he like flexes his arm and the gun flies out of the, of like the back of his arm and he like catches it. And he goes, I mean, I understand there's a lot of bad people looking for this thing, but I don't know. I feel it's one of a kind, right? Well, I guess the pair is one of a kind, at least this thing. It's, it's a, piece of the history of this world what little we got it just feels wrong to melt it down just because some bad people want to get their hands on it that feels wrong right yeah i don't know i mean i i i'm not putting this on you or anything i just no i i've been thinking about it you know i was thinking about it last night and I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. Thought I'd ask you what you thought. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't really know the whole, like, I just know that Rufus Nash, like, killed so many people for it. And then... Leo Riggs, who was also, I think, a pretty bad guy, also wanted it. But, I mean, like, this Lemaire guy, he's, like, from, like, a long time ago, right? Like, who's to say that, like, they didn't, somebody hasn't found it already? Or, I just, wouldn't it make sense to... To at least have the information, right? We could just like scratch the barrels. <laughs> you don't have to destroy it. They're really good guns. <laughs> sure. I guess I figured if uh, if you were gonna find its pair, we could. I don't know. Figure out where it's pointing to. You know. Take precautions. Get you know sheriff's department or or uh the militia you involved want to and... go exploring well i don't know i mean this thing's been looming around for so long I, I i'm i don't know i just figured for however long these two guns ain't been together seems like they're in the same place we just need to find the other one right yeah i i think that I think we don't need to make any decisions until we find the other one. That's that's right? what I'm getting at. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was. I just wanted to see what you thought. So. Yeah, I mean. He like twirls the gun around and then like, like sticks it back into like his tricep of his mechanical arm. Yeah. I mean, Roland's really smart, and he's probably right that ultimately something should be done to safeguard the the information, which is probably why they were, like, so far apart to begin with, but... I didn't even think about that. I mean, like, I don't know. It but just seems like... The moment we was... let the fact... I mean, the moment we let people who have ill intent make us destroy our history, right? I mean, there's there's something to this. Yeah. I mean, even if we don't find the other gun, it just feels 
feels like maybe something that's worth preserving. I, I don't know. It's it's just we could at least like take it to like some like a like a well, I mean like Roland knows people and uh, like academic people and they could probably like put it somewhere safe or something. I, I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm there's so many things that have come at us. I just it feels like enough to have them and and keep them away from people. Well, but, I, I guess uh, I won't do anything dramatic until. Uh, OK, until we either give up or find the other gun. Yeah. All right. OK, he looks at like the corner of the, the barn. He goes, it's a really big piece of glass. I'm going to have to go uh, to the scrapyard and see what I can scrounge up. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Be safe. I'll be here if uh, if you need me. After you get the piece of glass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to run yeah. a few errands and I'll be here. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, the two of you part ways. Um. We'll do Kinsey first. Kinsey, you were going to uh to try and f uh, meet with Professor Granger. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you knock on the door. Door slides open. He goes, Ken. Now, how are you doing, Anton? I'm doing all right. I'm glad to see that you survived. Yes, uh, I heard. Uh, I mean, there was quite the ruckus. I, I, and to part myself a little bit. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> Nothing too dramatic. Just a snake vine here, there. You know how it is. Oh well, they can be quite useful. Indeed. <laughs> uh, to what do I owe the pleasure? I. Uh, he looks behind you. Goes. Is uh, is Roland? Go or he does he know? He knows your name's Roland now, right? It's I'm be. almost positive he still thinks my name is Jordan. Really? He still thinks your name is Jordan? I thought for sure he figured it out at this point. I don't remember. No, he Kinsey did because he was like, "Is it Roland? Is it Jordan? I don't know." <laughs> and then, and then Kinsey was like, "It's it's either." And he's like, "Okay, but I know I can trust you, Ken." Goes <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Roland going to be joining us? Oh, he's a, he's attending to um some very important matters uh, right now. Just just me for the moment. Oh, I mean, not that you aren't enough. <laughs> uh, tea, <laughs> uh, please. Uh, he makes you some tea, and uh, as he as he does, he goes. Uh, how how can I be of service? Of course. I just was dropping by. Um, so you know, there's been quite the unrest in the station, and yes, uh, yes. I I'd like to be able to provide the people uh with. Uh, something helpful, and uh, I just wanted to check up on you and see how your research is doing. My research? About the mold? Of course. I haven't had much time, to be honest, Ken. It, I mean, I've, I've made some progress, but mostly just uh, checked a few samples that I had put underway when, uh, when Roland first tasked me with the thing. I do feel like there is a, a course of action to be taken. I, I, I think there is... A way to fumigate, if it were, uh, a, a sort of, um, 
way to close off the vents to the lower levels if you get everyone out for a little while. The airflow down here will be terrible. But uh, give it enough time, um, the, uh, I, I feel like there is a, a method in which we can eradicate the mold without any um, harm to anything else. I suppose anyone with any personal plants or anything like that may do well to seal them up or take them out. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is all speculation based on my initial findings. I, as far as the practical application, I haven't had much time to make much progress. Uh, I, I understand, of course. Uh, mostly, I suppose, given, uh, better ventilation, giving, uh, more access throughout the vents and then more airflow, do you have confidence that we would be able to get to, uh, to fumigate said vents and eradicate them of the mold do you think that is maybe not a promise but a, a a very good possibility i believe so i mean this this type of growth is not uncommon in the badlands it's uh it has cropped up from time to time in uh, uh certain deep uh mines and dwellings um uh, honestly it's easy to avoid with routine maintenance uh, the only reason it's been able to grow to the problem it has is because of well previous management <laughs> um of course but um given the uh uh the scale of the problem, I can't make any guarantees, but I do, I can say that I have uh, extreme amounts of confidence that there is a way to deal with this. I just need more time. Uh, could I take a look at the experiments that you're currently working with? Sure, sure. I have some samples over here. Uh, you can take, uh, you'll want to put on this filtration mask here. Um, uh, and, um... Uh, well, I mean, here are some of the samples you can see, and he, like, takes you over to a little section of his, uh, uh, of his lab, he, like, parts some leaves, and you go into a little area, and he's got, like, little petri dishes, basically, and he's like, now you see, this is, this is the un, uh, altered, um, sample of the mold, it continues to grow, but not at an extreme rate, I, I do believe, uh, I'm not unable to provide it to the, the circumstances it needs to truly grow, uh, not enough moisture, not enough darkness, so on, um, but here you can see, um, uh, I've tried some, uh, rudimentary mass market, uh, uh cleaning, methods, uh, basically things that are used in those types of uh, uh, mining operations to prevent. Uh, but we've moved past the point of prevention, now we need a point of eradication. Um, and I don't have anything else beyond that. I just thought I'd see what would happen with the things that are currently on the market. I think I can sort of extrapolate the process and uh, uh, punch it up a bit. Of course, of course. Uh, and as as I look at um, each sample and each experiment, can I use my one with nature talent? I understand this might need a roll just to see which of the molds is doing the worst. Uh, how do you mean which of the molds? Oh, wait, like doing the worst against his like his against the, the, the efforts of that's not going to require a roll. Um, uh, he's got like three different samples uh, of different like. Um, uh, like commercial products that are used to kind of prevent this kind of growth. Uh, yeah. And there's one in particular that uh, you can definitely like kind of feel uh, as you kind of look at it, like through the microscope and like on the surface, they look relatively the same. Um, mm -hmm. But then like, you just kind of like sit there for a second, you breathe in, breathe out, 
and you nod and you just know in your heart of hearts it's like sample b like that's the <laughs> one that's that's the one that for sure is uh 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 the formula that he should extrapolate on sure good very good work professor you know i I get the feeling you should uh, really lean in, lean into sample B. There, there's quite some evidence of uh, the efficacy of, of of this remedy. I did have somewhat the same thought. I thought maybe it was a bit of a pipe dream, but something in the way that the molecules were moving—they seemed slightly slower, more lethargic. Well, uh, I suppose I'll move that to the top of the list. <laughs> well done, my friend. I appreciate you. Uh, when should I? Uh, thank you for the tea, by the way. When should I uh, come by again? Uh, well, are you not going to be at Umbra's? I could come to you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be there. What if, uh, uh wait a couple of days, but you, you may be able to take your findings to, uh, to, to Roland. Sure. Well, I, I don't believe I'll have anything to show until after the election, and rumor has it that Mr. Hollis is going to be, uh, uh, one of the contenders, him and Mr. Masterson, uh, Masterson, as I understand it. Uh, Masterson hasn't a chance. <laughs> well, we'll see. He has quite a few friends with quite deep pockets. Uh, businesses around here can be convinced to vote one way or the other, depending on what kind of uh, backing a candidate has. Uh, well, um, money is only the half of it, of course. You've, uh, well, you've got to have the people's will behind you. Uh, in that regard, I believe Mr. Hollis is uh, uh, traveling in spades. Uh, he, he, well, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but he uh, he stayed up all night last night, helping, uh, helping the station continue to operate in this troubled time. Uh, really, really the talk of the town at the moment. <laughs> well done. Uh, well if it's the talk of the town, uh, do us a favor and talk it up yourself, my friend. <laughs> well, anyone who's willing to listen. Uh, now, I was wondering when I would get a chance to speak to uh, Roland myself. I, we have some... We have to clear the air, you recall. Of course, yes. Um, I know he will be busy over the next two days. Uh, right, right. Trying right. to help the people as much as possible. But uh, I, I'll pass on a message to him that you'd like to speak with him. I'm sure he'll find time. Well, if, if he wants me fighting in his corner, I look forward to uh, having a moment of his time. <laughs> Any support is, uh, is very welcome. That I can guarantee you. Well, it has been excellent talking to you again, Ken. Mm, likewise. Uh, I'm take... go going to get to work on this uh, on this new sample. You've got me a little bit invigorated. <laughs> of course. Well, uh, take care, and if there's any other help that you need, uh, don't don't hesitate to come call me. Of course, of course. Uh, and you're able to make your way. Yep. Um, Roland. Uh, you who are you going? To, you said you're meeting with Bahara first. Yeah, of course. Uh, so. Uh, you step into, um, it is, uh, an extremely fine, it's like one of the finest hotels, um, that isn't the gym. Um, it is just adjacent to the upper level. It's got a very nice lobby with a very nice saloon, uh, and then like long hallways that actually go up and down from the saloon, um, to various, uh, rooms. Um, and, uh, once you make yourself known, uh, Salem meets you in one of the booths there. Um, 
and uh, yeah, he he uh, sits down uh, across from you. Some drinks are served, uh, and he goes, "Congratulations on your win yesterday." Thank you. It was hard fought. Yes. I understand you are making great friends in the common folk of Tobias Station, which is excellent. Um, but uh, you may or may not have heard you will have a contender for the position of Station Master. Anything I should be worried about? Possibly. Name Darius Masterson uh, is your opponent. He was a bit of a puppet of Morales, a friend of Eddie Copeland, an establishment within the station. Uh, he has friends both high and low. Now, his claws do not dig deep into the family business in any way, uh, so you have the lead there, and that's all that matters. But the lead there can be tentative. I understand you made a promise to Severina. For the promise I made to Severina is she gets her voice heard quite loudly in the selection of security chief. I hear she has picked Victor Ruiz to supplant Morales. Uh, Victor Ruiz is a name that you recall as well um, from Morales's various notes. Uh, it was one that you passed over rather quickly, though, so if you wanted more info um, beyond the fact that he is from San Cordero, mm -hmm. uh, you would need to roll connections for it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, five hits. Okay. Uh, so, Victor Ruiz uh, is an ex-San Cordero militia captain uh, who retired after he was involved in a scandal surrounding gear going missing from the garrison that he, uh, he operated from. Uh, he was never convicted, um, uh, though shortly after the scandal, he did retire with honors. Um, and since then, he has had a little bit of a hand in the private sector of mercenary work. Nothing super um, direct, uh, more like uh, he, you understand that he like connects people together. Um, from Morales's impression of him, you are able to extrapolate that he is a bit of a ruthless man and you would imagine because of the things of that Morales liked about him in her notes um that he would be bad for the station uh you don't know that he would go as far as to like you know home grow his security force from like urchins that he exploits or anything like that um but you do think that capital capital ah, capital punishment would uh grow exponentially in Tobias Station, uh, w under his rule, that like transact or uh, transgressions that would maybe not require anything as strong as a hanging would result in that under his rule. 
Silverina wants power so much that she's forgotten her job is to make money. <laughs> yes, well, that leads me to my question. We've talked quite a bit, and you made it clear to me that you believed that Morales had a hand in Ephraim's murder. I've taken it on faith that you have some sort of proof to that. But uh, furthermore, you have not denied my initial suspicion that Severina was behind it. To be perfectly frank, I, I don't have proof there either. But I think I am quite a good judge of character. I read people quite well. And my gut says it was her. Morales pulled the trigger, but Severina arranged the affair. Cannot go on your gut alone, Roland. That's why I have my people looking for what Ephraim hid here. Ephraim hid something here? That's why he was killed? I can't say for certain. Whatever he was here for, he told no one that we can find. He kept it entirely to himself. But he was killed here, his body was hidden here, and then Morales spent months systematically searching the station for something that she did not find on him. Where have you looked? I I um I have her data pad now. You do. So I pull up the bloop. <laughs> uh it also occurs to you that there's there might be more evidence within the data pad. Um Yeah, I mean I, I don't have you I don't immediately have it to offer yeah. in this conversation. I think I think like what you're able to do with the data pad is like pop up like a map for him to look at, but also like the one thing you haven't actually been able been able to look at with your own eyes. <laughs> Is is her is her ledger like you know you know the cipher for it but you haven't had the chance to actually look at yeah. it because you were blind at the time that it was deciphered. Um, uh. So while he looks at the map that you've pulled up, um, you just take a glance at the uh, uh at the at the ledger, um, which uh does show around the time that Ephraim was killed. There was a substantial payment from Acosta to Morales. And uh, the note on that says 23B cleanup, which you know to be the lot number of your bar. Has it been under our bar the whole time? Sorry, no. Uh, and then from that point on, Acosta's uh, monthly hanger payments got uh, increased by a significant margin. Okay, yeah, so while he looks at the map, you know, it's, it's sort of funny. The, the last time I got to look at this, um, I didn't actually get to look at this. Um, I had gone blind from a tonic... Um, to not die. The air quality is quite bad in the lower levels. Um, <laughs> if you'll notice here, and I like pull up the date, this is right around the time 
with Ephraim's death. This is a rather large payment from Acosta to Morales. And then my guess is the increase in the hangar fees correspond to the search. Hmm. Again, it's not proof proof, but it's a lot of things that point at proof. There was an understanding that Mr. Finnegan, the previous proprietor of your lot, was killed by a family jimmy. Telltale signs, the precision, the uh, ability to disappear after the act, that sort of thing. I wasn't sure which family. I knew it wasn't the Canoons. It was the Acostas. Ephraim did like to try the local fairs and the lower levels. He told me those people were more human than the kind you'd find in the upper crust. He felt more at home in the lower levels. He could have been there all this time. That's what that was? I thought it was a dispute over payment or something, or rather. Mr. Finnegan was no one. It didn't make any sense for him to have been killed, but I figured it was business that I had not been privy to. But a militiaman smuggling something that Acosta apparently quite dearly wants. Perhaps Finnegan was caught in the crossfire. Ah, here it is, and he whoosh, moves the hologram in on the map, and he points at a section of wall that is just wall, and he goes, If I were to bet money on it, if Ephraim had a safe space where he was hiding something, it would be here. If you don't mind, I can get on the radio to Pax. I don't mind at all. It's nothing extravagant. It used to be a maintenance storage unit, a closet, honestly. When we were 15, he and I hid in there for an entire night. From Mushir, my boss. Even then, I worked for him. We didn't want to be caught together, so we hid there for the night. That was just before he decided to extend his militia service beyond what is due of a Fort Dearborn civilian. He wanted to join the, sc the scouts. Anyways, just a year later, it was covered up. Paved over, it was a superfluous closet. Just became wall after that. 
If you're going to Radio Pax, I would expect she needs to remove some paneling. Won't be a problem. And I, I get on the radio to Pax. Hey, Pax. Uh, hey. Pax, you've been uh, looking this, like, crossing things off on the list so far. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna want to check here. And I give her the, the coordinates within the station. Uh, might just look like wall. Uh, take a panel or two off. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I find. Sounds good. Okay. I go do that. Okay. Uh, so you make your way over to that area. Um, you do find just what looks like wall there. Uh, but given the instruction, you pull out a knife, uh, get your knife under there, prop it a little bit, get some tools out, undo some bolts and screws, and sure enough, you're able to remove that paneling, and within that paneling space, there is a door. I open the door. <laughs> it leads into a small, dusty, dark, unlit um, closet. Um, no more than six or so feet deep, no more than four or so feet wide, uh, the shelving of which is, uh, dusty, unkempt, but not undisturbed. Uh, there is a thick layer of dust here, uh, but you can clearly see that someone has been here before you. And you look around and you see a corner floor panel that has been broken and moved to the side to reveal a, a compartment below. And as you shine your light down that compartment, you notice it is empty. Uh, and Pax, go ahead and roll a, a observe test for me. Okay. Uh, I'll do it at a minus three. Oh no, I'm already at a minus. God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, observe. Add a minus three. Uh, while this is going on, Roland, uh, you send that to Pax. It takes her some time. Mm -hmm. um, and as, like, Salem kind of waves the thing away and looks at, like, the payments and everything from Acosta, he goes, Did she threaten you? Acosta? Yes. She all but pulled a gun on me and pointed me towards uh, uh, an aircraft to take me back to the Gatees. Knowing her, for you to betray her, she would try to set the Acostas on you. Or, more accurately, she would threaten to set the Acostas on your friends. Which, as I understand it, are the, is, are the reason you're doing what you're doing. Well, on the one hand, I worry for the Acostas were they to go after my friends. <laughs> but on the other, I suspect an agreement can be reached. Let me speak to Severina. I have a feeling her time here in Tobias Station is done. And she's no longer your concern. 
By all means. You'll still want to talk to Foster. I understand he has some requirements for new leadership before he throws his lot in with you. Uh, you see, the problem you run into is Masterson is much easier to control than you. I'm... Do you know why I like you quite a bit, Salem? He raises an eyebrow. Because I, I don't think you're a very good liar. <laughs> and it's, it's not a judgment, and it's not a, a dig at you. It's because without being a very good liar, you have risen to a position of tremendous power. It playing a game that I imagine rewards deception quite a bit. I think the families believe what they want is a station master they can control. But what the families really want is a station master that is a constant. Stability is profitable. And when you play games over who owns who, there can't be stability. I can offer you and Foster and whoever comes to take Severina's place exactly what I've said all the time for quite some time. I feel like you and Ephraim would get along. Sounds like quite a man. He told me uh, I wasn't cut out for this life. I had too honest a face. That's what led me to realize. Play your cards right, you never have to lie. This is why I like you. I should be off to speak with Foster, unless there's more you'd like to discuss. No, I... Eager to have words with Severina. I look forward to hearing of the outcome. I'll touch base with you. Hopefully sometime before the election, but if not, good luck. Thank you. And I, I get up and I leave, and I would like to, um, I do opposition research on Masterson using Morales' data <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, so Masterson, it's like, it's like, uh, F, or it's, it's like Bahara said, um, Masterson does not have, like, any family ties, um, he was basically on Morales's payroll. Mm -hmm. um, he served for a short amount of time on uh, the board of logistics um, under uh, he was appointed a seat in the board of logistics under uh, Eddie Copeland. Um, but you also know that uh, he didn't do very well in that post. Um, and basically Morales kind of puts him at the kind of person who reaches beyond his grasp. Um, but the moment his wrist is slapped will fall in line. Uh, so at the very least you are confident that if you beat this dude in an election, he's not going to be a problem down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that's great. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. The moment you win, he's going to be like, okay, what do you want me to do? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's plenty. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, around this time, Pax, you have explored this closet. <laughs> I feel so talented. Um, cool. So you had me roll observe. Yep. Um, I spent two grit. Oh. Uh, and got no hits. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Closet's empty. Can I look again? Nope. <laughs> it's empty. You look very thoroughly. There's no other secret compartments. It looks like someone has been here and found a secret stash of something and left with, with it. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, uh, Roland? Yeah, what's up? Um, I found it. There was something here. There's not anything here now. Well, that's bad. Maybe, yeah. Any sign of who took it or where they went? Hey, uh, Kinsey, you have one of the guards' radios too, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I guess I'm part of this conversation. Yeah. So you're you're like you've left uh, you've you've left the the professor. You're moving your way through the lower levels, and then your radio kicks on with this conversation. Um, it looks like someone's been here relatively recently, but then also like. It's just the one person because would be my guess because like everything is covered in dust except for like where this board is torn up. And and whoever did it put the paneling back on carefully and everything. So. Uh, tell you what, I've I've just finished up with the professor. Uh, why don't I drop by? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'll just wait here. Uh, it's blah, blah, blah. Hey, blah, blah, blah. I'll be right there. <laughs> she gives you directions. You're able <laughs> to find the way. Uh, if you want, might be worthwhile looping Harry in. If anyone knows the ins and outs of the walls. Uh, she doesn't have a radio anymore. No, I, sorry. Let me clarify. Might be worth stopping and picking her up. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know where she is. Yeah, you don't. <clears throat> but Leonard does. Yeah. Because you had her collect Leonard. Okay, well, I guess I... Okay, so I'll go see if Leonard's back at the bar uh, and see if... Uh, see if he can... He knows where she All is. Right. Don't I wish to be careful around the tree. I, <sighs> I sigh into the radio on purpose. <laughs> and then uh, and then I guess I will go back to the bar. 
Okay, so you're not waiting for Kinsey? Uh, Kinsey, do you want me to wait for you? No, I know where it is. You're fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so Pax, you make your way back towards Umbra's. Kinsey, you make your way towards the hidden closet. And Roland, you uh, reach uh, Gray Foster. Uh, you're able to ascend to his suite. <laughs> they offer you a drink. You get a lemonade, I think. <laughs> yeah, they have a good lemonade. Uh, and uh, you enter, and he is sitting there in front of a roaring fire. Uh, and he turns to you and he goes, Cheers! Mr. Foster. Takes a drink, sets it down, and he goes, Let's talk business. Of course. What did you have in mind? Well, I figured you are a busy man now, so I went ahead and wrote my requirements for my support here. He slides I, over a piece of paper. I take his dramatic list. <laughs> you open it up, and for lack of of like, there's there's no sense in giving it true detail. What it is is literally just price points for all of his station related expenses, mm -hmm. and he wants them to be cheaper. That's okay. it. He wants the Sheffields to save a lot more money and to buy a station than they have been. Uh, judging from Morales's uh, uh, ledger that you've looked at, like the Sheffields did get quite shafted as far as like how much money they can make here. So their apparent priority is literally just making as much money as some of the other family, like as the Canooms and the Acostas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um... All right, give me a minute. I pull up. I pull up my, uh, you know, I pull up my Omni tool which I assume has a copy of Morales's ledger now, so I don't have to, like, pull out her data pad yeah, and that, that, put that's it in front fine. of him. Yeah, yeah, They're linked. Pull that out. <laughs> and I take a look at his paper. Let me just, if you don't mind waiting. I have all the numbers. time in the world, my friend. You are the one who only has three days. And I do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, roll lore for me. <laughs> You know what? It's a little hard. Minus two. Now, does my Omni tool help? <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously, it does. No, the thing doesn't have a calculator. Bullshit. It has I a can't. calculator, but it's not helping his ability to move funds around. <laughs> um. You know what? No, I will not be. I will not be undone here <laughs> at Gray Foster's apartment by challenging algebra. <laughs> um, I spend I spend three grit to grow it strong so that this thirteen now explodes. Ooh, cool! I have five hits. <laughs> yeah, it just takes you like a second. You you pull it up, you look at like the general like you you like ba really quickly run a quick 
uh, uh, like algorithm on like how much money the station makes like yearly. Yeah, and then I I just like I isolate everything that Morales was shoveling to the Valentines, and, and I it's... go no <laughs> it, it, it's like it's a decent amount of what she was shoveling to the valentines but it is not all of what she was shoveling to the valentines and if you just take that much out and put it towards the sheffields you're like okay <laughs> now can i can i do that and still like based on my assessment of the station put a lot more of the money that was leaving tobias station or for morales's personal projects back into tobias station not as much as you would want at that point you have to like so a little bit of that for sure and like enough to like make it so the airflow is good down there right but there's like faulty wiring there's like no security like the the personnel needs to be expanded like there's a lot of other logistics that lead to the lower levels becoming like good <laughs> um uh but like the very bare minimum of what needs to be accomplished in the lower levels to make it like livable, you can still achieve like without okay. having to move the budget around a whole lot. Okay. All right. Gray. Mr. Foster. Yes. This, this is doable. But I, I have a slight counter offer for you. Well... I'm quite set in my mind, but you are quite charming, so have a go at it. Now, these are the numbers I believe you would like. That this can great. be done. Good. Well, then I don't think we have anything more, more to discuss. But, if I could give you these numbers, and I give him, I show him like, 15% less sure. than what he asked for. Sure, sure, sure. If I give you these numbers for the first year, give me some time to undo the tremendous damage Morales's tomfoolery has done to Tobias Station. Get it back up and running. Make it good for all the people who live here so that people want to spend their money here and that it has a significant amount more legitimacy for your operations. I believe at the end of that year, I can offer you this. And I show him, like, 15% over what he wants. Okay. Uh, roll manipulate. I will give you a plus two. Uh, you are up against an 11. Um, I have a 12 and 11. You got two successes? Yeah, two no hits. Okay. He sits there. He thinks about it for a second, and he goes, Well, I am inclined to accept your proposal. The problem is, a man like you is inclined to drift. How do I know whoever you put in place 
after you will honor this deal. Because if they don't, you'll kill them. <laughs> That's not good enough, my good boy. Well, if it makes any difference, I'll tell you what I told Salem. I think the most profitable thing for this station is stability. And I can't exactly offer you stability if I hang out for a year and drift off at the first sign of trouble or the first opportunity. I'm not going anywhere for quite some time. And you know this to be true, because if I leave, my friends, who I have worked extremely hard to get out of here and safe and on their way and living their lives, will certainly come back and deal with whoever has taken my place in an untimely fashion. And I don't want that to happen. Can I get a promise from you that the moment you are willing to walk away from all of this, the moment you even consider it, you'll come to me so that you and I can orient your successor to the needs of this station? Mr. Foster, I promise you, whoever comes after me will receive all of the orientation they need to make sure that everything I build here lasts long after me. Yes, I would like to meet them before anyone else. Can you promise me that? I could, but I don't think that would entirely be in my hands. I can promise you'll be there the first time that presumably Salem and myself and you sit down and talk with them. He beams at that, and I won't make you roll to understand that that, what you basically just told him, is like the equivalency of telling him that the Sheffields just moved from number three to number two. <laughs> And he goes, I've tried very hard to communicate that without saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and he beams and he goes, well, then I suppose we have a deal. And he reaches I out a hand. <laughs> Shakes. Uh, and he goes, would you like a drink? Another one, a stronger one. Yeah, something stronger. The lemonade downstairs is quite good, but if business is done. Pour me some gin. Uh, I hear you've got quite good gin. He does make you a very fine drink. Uh, Pax, on your way back to Umbra's, you do bump into Leonard. Uh, he is, like, at a stall getting some supplies, and he turns to you and he goes, Pax. Hey. Hey. Um. At this point, it's, like, uh, a little past midday. Okay. Um. Do you know, um, <laughs> do you know where Harry is? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. She wasn't too pleased with me making a break for it, but, uh, 
we heard some people people uh, talking about uh what was going on with you and uh well i wasn't just gonna sit still but yeah i know, I know where she's laying low okay well um maybe yeah we um so the we found the shelf we were looking for but there's nothing on it um and oh. we had an idea that maybe she could look at it i don't know kinsey's going to go check out the shelf i probably missed some stuff but the item we're looking for isn't there all right okay um yeah but, um, but we can wait to hear from kinsey that's okay like shoulders some of the stuff he goes all right i mean i like i guess let's go meet up with them then oh are you done with all your stuff i just i mean i ain't done fixing the place up but uh, uh this will go a long way he says like pointing at the sack on his back okay yeah sure um it's this way um kinsey you get there before they join you um you're looking around uh go ahead and roll an observe test for me Sure. I'll give you a plus one. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mostly because pa- like the fact that you've come here after PAX like, lets you know you're not looking in obvious places. Sure. Man. Is that a minus three? <laughs> it's because the thing you were looking for was hidden. Yeah, well, I'm still looking for the hidden thing. Grumble. <laughs> Consider your test with no successes an assist. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, that is three hits. Cool. Uh, so, Kinsey, you go in there. You're able to see it's definitely one person that came in here. One person that came in, looked around a little bit. And then seem to find like it's almost like you can recreate like the feet, the footsteps stepping on that panel and hearing it hollow and then tapping a couple times and then it gets shattered. Um, and you look around, you see that like they didn't touch the walls very much, but you're able to kind of confirm that there was nothing there. Um, you look around a little bit and then one thing you do notice is in the door frame. And you you see like a blinking light for like a second. Like it's not like you have to like you're like moving your hand along the door frame and then like a reflection on your nail lets you know that some device within there has a blinking light. And so you look in, you get out like your survival kit and pull out like a like a hook and you like kind of get in there and you're able to scooch out a small device uh, that has a blinking light. And you realize, as a skilled trapper yourself, mm. um, this is some, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a trap that is like an alarm, and it's tethered to another device that is receiving this alarm. Like, basically through like a short, short range, it doesn't have a very long range, but like a short range radio connection this device has let some other device know that this door has been opened. Okay. 
It's good to know. Is, is there a way to uh, figure out where the other device is? Do I have the tools to do that? It would be a technology role to try and figure that out. Okay. I'll try that. Cool. You are at a minus three. Uh, that's rolling for one, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Explodes in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't misfire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, say it out loud as you sit down and start like messing with this device pax and uh leonard join you uh pax you see kinsey sitting against the the wall messing with a small blinking device uh you yeah no hits on that one but it's not a misfire <laughs> you found something it yeah i mean somebody definitely knows we've been here but I, I I can't seem to figure out where the other where the other device is. Sure. Okay. Um. Hey, Roland. What's up? <laughs> uh, somebody left a tracking device, or um, like a proximity alarm. A proxim prox proximity alarm, uh, on the door to the closet so someone 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 knows that we were here someone yes someone knows that we're here we right, were here well, we are I'm here just leaving fosters now i can uh, come join you take a look uh okay yeah okay uh so you all reconvene together the whole team in one place as as uh, Roland approaches um, shortly after, um, and is uh, is you you see Kinsey, Pax, and Leonard um, looking at this small electronic device. Roland, may I? I, I pop out my Omni tool and I. You go ahead and roll technology at a minus three. I thought you were going to do the same thing, you know. <laughs> just keep passing that 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 um, perpetual bonus. <laughs> does gadgeteer apply to this? Yes. Okay. Uh, I have four hits. Okay. Uh, so okay, with four hits, you tweak this thing a little bit. And then you're like, okay, I've I've kind of like tapped into its wave that it is sending. It's definitely tied to only one device. And you link it to your Omni tool to give it like a little bit more processing power. And your Omni tool like kind of automatically brings up a map of Tobias Station. And you see like the bubble around Tobias Station like close in to show you the range of this thing. And then a dotted line move and the spot that it lands on is Umbra's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did, did the tree eat it? <laughs> did the, I, I say as I start walking towards Umbra's, did our carnivorous tree, has it had legs the whole time? <laughs> did, you, did you bring a killer and a thief into our home? <laughs> Well, you know that it is not tracking whatever was here. It is tracking some other device that was programmed to be alarmed when someone came here. Okay, yeah, I, I 
it was probably on Ephraim's body, which we found near Umbra's, right? Maybe. I don't know. We're going back to the, we're going we're going to the thing. Yeah, we're going to Umbra's. Okay. So all of you arrive at Umbra's together, holding like this. Uh, Roland is holding up this like holographic image of Tobias Station as you walk up. He turns it off, puts it in his pocket. The door opens. The bar is empty, save for one patron sitting in his standard seat that he loves so much. You haven't seen him for some time. But there's Eli sitting at the bar with his usual drink and set on the bar is the twin to the device that you found. Blinking. And as you step in, he speaks. Y'all managed to find that stash faster than I expected. But, uh, <laughs> you four always do find a way to exceed expectations. I mean... You motherfucker! Imagine... Oh, Rufus Nash! <laughs> <laughs> imagine my surprise! Traveling all the way to Dubai Station just to hear you're here... Setting up roots boggles the mind, don't it? In his eyes, he looks directly at you, Pax, and his pupils, and then irises, and then uh, the rest of his eyes kind of like in a wave flash the same teal color you saw when you stabbed Rufus Nash in the Mother. throat. Um, okay, yeah, I'm going to just like stand, I guess, in front of everybody. <laughs> As you kind of step out uh, to protect everybody... Uh, he holds up a hand and he goes, now let's not lose our cool. I ain't fool enough to come here without insurance. And you see he's holding a device that has a wire that runs to his chest and you see sticks of explosives wrapped around his chest. He goes, so let's have a little chat. And uh, I hope y'all are more interested in seeing reason than meeting Alana on the other side. Go ahead, take a seat, and if even a hand twitches towards a weapon, I'll blow y'all to bits and come back in another body to sift through the wreckage, you understand? Come on, join me at the bar. <laughs> I'd go behind the bar. The fuck do you drink? I tell him what Eli drink. <laughs> Ain't wrong, this Eli fella, he's got good taste. Or maybe it's just because I'm here. Either way, I'll take it. Great. I grab our shittiest gin. The one that <laughs> Gray Foster said was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've been... noticed we're under repairs. <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, it's looked better, I'll be honest. Now, I've been keeping my eye on you lot. My, oh my, you just don't change, do you? Still cheating, lying, and scheming your way to the top. You even got poor Leonard swallowing your squonk piss, he says, gesturing to Yen. Uh, and he goes, bye! Who am I to judge? 
Especially when y'all been so damn helpful to me. I mean, honestly. I'm glad I didn't kill you back in Alanistead. I mean, y'all led me to one acquaintance guns already when you finished when you found old Ephraim's body in the in the vent. And uh I even had enough time to send it away for safekeeping. Meanwhile, Leonard here has just been toting that one around, waiting for me to snatch it up. Two hundred years. I've been waiting for this moment. Hand it over, Yen. And he extends a hand to Leonard. Uh, no. And Leonard goes, Two hundred years. Two hundred years. You found the way to live forever. And the only thing you care about is digging up some dead gunslinger's grave? It ain't a grave, you feckless child. It's a reliquary. And you can't even imagine... What's waiting there for me? I don't know. I can imagine a lot. Yeah? You do have quite the active mind there, Roland. Honestly. So are you friends with Leo? Or do you two... Whoa, Riggs? Is a competition? No. Uh, or... Riggs is uh, digging in the dirt looking for treasure. He don't know what he's after. He's just heard the stories. He don't know what I know. What is it you know? More than you're you... sitting here with a bomb tied to your heart. It's you not his come... heart. You don't come here without the intent to kill us, right? <laughs> Honestly, y'all hand over the gun. I'm happy to walk away from this situation. And leave poor old Eli just outside of Tobias Station with a hell of a hangover. And I wonder what he's been up to the past five months. Honestly, he's been in worse states. Fix this place up. It's probably going to appeal to his tastes anyways. I don't need to kill you. I've learned... That you are a force to be reckoned with. I just want the gun, and I'll be on my way. Come on, Leonard. Hand it over. Leonard sits there for a second, and he goes, It ain't, it ain't on me. It's a, uh, in the back in their uh, war room stash it there when uh, Roland took me back there still don't know what that was for but I guess now at the time and uh, Eli Nash Rufus Eli Rufus Nash sits <laughs> there for a second he goes, all right, well, then take me to it, Yen. But before you do, uh, cuff up these uh, do-gooders, Hollis and uh, McCharlotte. Pax will be my insurance. He pulls out a gun and points it at Pax. 
And Yen looks to Kinsey and Roland as his hand moves down towards his, uh, uh, towards his, his like handcuffs. He pulls them out and goes for Roland first. Yeah, sure. No, my hands weren't doing anything that was going to affect the situation. <laughs> so he handcuffs you to the bar. Great. Uh, really, though, what do you know? Came all this way. You don't care to kill us. I'm going to find out. The problem is you've become interesting. <laughs> I was content to forget about you. Well, go ahead and try to hold on to that uh, intuition there, Roland. It's kept you alive so long. You come looking for me after this, you ain't going to get another chance. Peacock, like you, you can't help but play your cards before you talk. <laughs> oh, Rufus. Um, he said reliquary. Does that trigger anything from my uh, Quentin Lemaire geekery? Yeah, so you, you got six successes. I'm not making you roll again. Um, yeah, so you start tying some threads together here. Uh... And you know, the name escapes you explicitly about, um, there was, there was a, a, a cult basically that was, um, his, his son joined and like, yeah, rose to power in, right? Yeah. And th they were like basically the opposition of the gunslingers at the time. And he said he's been waiting for. 200 years and you remember that like i think it's 203 years ago maybe 204 years ago um owen lemaire the son of quentin lemaire died on the same day as his father in an attempt at, well he successfully killed his father but then was killed by cordelia gray Quentin Lemaire's apprentice. And um, you also read whispers, which now start to like kind of come a little bit more into prominence, like talks about how Owen Lemaire seemed to leave instructions for his followers to find things that like they would discover along the way. And that they were they were completely committed to uh, giving themselves to his vision, and all of that, plus the fact that Rufus Nash is here right now, an Everlight in your bar, seeming to know about the fact that it was a reliquary, and seeming to be comfortable enough to not say like Lemaire's guns or Claymore and Flamberg. He just says Quinton's. <laughs> You think that Rufus Nash might be Owen Lemaire and that those rumors you heard about him being a ha like leaving things that influence instructions he left himself. Yes. Kinsey, you get handcuffed to the bar as well. Come on, Pax. Up you go. 
Leonard, go ahead and lead us to this war room I've heard so much about. It won't make Daddy love you. Hmm. You are clever. But you're also dumb. Go on, Pax. And he, like, prods you with the gun. And, uh, Leonard steps in front of you, gives you, like, a nod, and keeps moving in. And as the two of you step into the kitchen and move your way to uh, the area with the uh, kegs that lead down into the war room, he opens up the hatch and says, We all going down or, or what? What's it going to be, Nash? He goes, Looks like there's enough room. Let's keep moving. And Leonard takes one step and then closes his mechanical fist. And without looking at you, Pax, he flexes. And the gun shoots out of his arm up in the air in front of you. Oh, my God. Uh, I grab it. Can I grab it and, and point it at Rufus? Can he get his hand too? Can I do both? So you grab the gun and spin around. And in that moment, like right after he launches the gun out of his arm, before you even have a chance to grab it, he ducks and starts moving towards the hand that is holding the dead man's trigger. And Leonard manages to grab the, the, the hand that has the dead man's trigger. And you grab the gun, spin it around, cock back the hammer, pointing it right at, at Rufus Nash's face. And he gasps and you see pure terror on his face his eyes flash teal and then there's a man sitting there with leonard like wrestling his arm down he goes what hey oh hey what what's going on who the hell are you you're eli right what do you want me to be is your name eli yes Okay. Just, oh my god! <laughs> he like looks at the bombs on his chest. It's like, don't. oh god! And like at this point, like Leonard is able to get the dead man's trigger like out of his hand and in his hand. He's like, oh my god! Oh my god! Um, don't. We're gonna get it all off of you. Don't worry about it. This. Don't worry about it. You're okay. Help me. Help me. You're going to be okay. Uh, Kinsey and Roland, you're not able to hear much except for, oh, God, please help me. <laughs> From the other room. Um, I think that's probably good. <laughs> I will. Um, yeah, I'll, I guess. Are you okay? Are you okay? Leonard? Yeah, let's get this thing off him. Let's not touch it. Just Roland! <laughs> he says, like, dragging Eli out. I'm yeah. coming as fast as I can. <laughs> I will open up the handcuffs for both of them. Yeah, he tosses you the keys. You're able to unlock. Roland, you see Eli terrified, absolutely terrified, as 
I'm not going to make you roll for it. You're able to remove the explosives from him and disable the dead man switch without risking explosion. One thing does occur to you, Roland. Why would he run? Why would he run if he wasn't in danger? Yes. You know enough about Everlights from your previous... You looked into Everlights when you first found out Rufus Nash was an Everlight. You also got glints of it when you're looking around like with your six hits from before. Everlights don't need to vacate a body before that body is killed. That's why Rufus Nash was willing, or Owen Lemaire, was willing to kill Eli and you at the same time because he would just bounce he back just come back he'd bounce back to whatever object he put his his mind in possess someone else and come here but but that gun pointed at him and he ran away hmm. and that's where we're going to end tonight's session Fucking Rufus Nash. <laughs> Fuck out of my Fucking bar, Nash. Rufus Nash. <laughs> <laughs> you level seven piece of shit. <laughs> In that town? <laughs> oh my god. Family today. <laughs> I've arranged for presumably the murder of a third. <laughs> All right, so we we I, I went a little late, but I really wanted to get to that moment. So oh, yeah. um, we have a few questions through the Twitch stream. If uh, those of you in the chat have questions, I see, I think there m might be a question from Carnaxis in the Twitch stream. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a question. Yeah, it's it feels like a little bit of a question. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question that just popped up in the stream. Another thing that Roland knows is that a hard caliber pistol cannot just kill an Everlight. That's not normal. No, no, no. A hard caliber pistol can't just kill an Everlight, but like Claymore might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, uh, in... That's where the piercing comes from. <laughs> uh, the dis There's an extra layer of piercing. It pierces the soul. Um, uh, so uh, in the Discord, we had a few questions. <laughs> so uh, from Argetlam, uh, giving us another character to build. Uh, the first one is Santa. Who... <laughs> Who can build Santa in Manifest? Okay, so Santa Claus absolutely has the vigilance tree because he's got to get so far so fast in a he's single night. <laughs> he's got preferred vehicle sleigh. <laughs> um, I think he he probably he probably has subtlety because he's in and out before you even know he's there. So mm. so I was thinking pro. I, I actually have a different solution to this. What if it is um, uh, Master of the Elements? And if so he's I think, seen, he can go back in time. I think I think it's actually all three, right? He's got mm. subtlety because he's got to sneak around. He's got 
he's got master of the elements and spirit animal because he's got so many reindeer <laughs> he's got vigilance because he needs them to fly the sleigh real good yeah the only other thing is is that he's also like a toy maker right so, so he's like, got it well he's got an elf for that yeah the elves have know-how and uh uh like moxie to be able to know who's naughty or nice and also build all the toys <laughs> <laughs> the list knows who's naughty or nice uh. right or santa does santa know who's i mean naughty santa checks the list but it's sort of implied that the list exists outside of santa oh so the list is an everlight with moxie who can (laughs) and like extremely powerful clairvoyance powers the list can see you forever the list is watching (laughs) we love the list the list is good (laughs) all right uh 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 a springboard off of that comes from emma j hendren um asking uh for us to make robot santa from futurama okay so robot santa has um has sure hands because he's a big heavy weapon specialist <laughs> and a lot of prosthetics <laughs> and probably <laughs> hardiness and he's he's very charismatic so like probably also moxie I mean, nice, he's played nice. by john goodman so like Oh sure, yeah. Oh, I yeah. like John Goodman. Yeah, he's very good. There you role. go. That's Moxie right there. You like him? <laughs> <laughs> well, good first impression. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a robot who flies around in a sleigh on Christmas um, because I think the programming of his list is like is broken and it's too incredibly strict, and so everyone is naughty and everything that is naughty must be killed. <laughs> oh yeah, so that sounds right. Christmas of the, the year yeah extremely <laughs> extremely cybernetic every christmas in the year 3000 the people hunker down and hope they are not destroyed <laughs> i love it <sighs> uh, it's like this year all right exactly um, <laughs> another character to build from argetlam is uh clive winslet from wild arms 3 I um i looked unfamiliar. into this a teeny bit um the wiki wasn't super duper helpful on like kind of a ton of details about him but he seemed like a very good planner and a very good sniper and like pretty charismatic and like that's e- that's easy to do in manifest flashbacks are a mechanic yeah <laughs> being a good sniper is like super easy you can make the craziest sniper without a whole lot of trouble yeah i mean if you're if you're doing like sniper shots on people who are unaware you're there you take there's three talents in the subtlety tree that just make it so that um, you're pretty much guaranteed to kill anybody you shoot who's unaware you're there. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the last question in the Discord from Argetlam um, comes with a bit of a preamble, which is some fun information for everybody. Uh, today, Argetlam learned that llamas are often integrated into flocks of similar animals like sheep or cows uh, for use as guard animals due to their habit of kicking wolves and other predators to death, as well as not needing specialized feed or, or vaccinations. Uh, is there any equivalent creature on Manifest that could be added to a herd to better protect it from the kind of predators they're likely to see uh another rephrasing of the question is is there an animal that is both cuddly enough to be uh, cuddly enough and simultaneously terrifying enough to ward off a a snallygaster i mean i don't think it's terrifying but i think if you manage to get like five hodags around your flock of sheep 
That is an impenetrable wall to any <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty um, good. Yeah. Hodag's in a, um, uh, amongst the um, Gumbaroos, uh, is pretty good as far as like if you get that Hodag in the water. It'll just block up the channel and nothing can get to the Gumbaroo. I like the uh, idea of Hodags as buffers for other st- uh, other livestock. <laughs> but as far as like the sort of. Um, so any spirit animal that that like, you know, like uh, Umbra would be great for that because it's got like a. You know, it's focus. Um, uh, uh, what is it? A three penny. The, the, oh, the copper oh, birds. A bunch of copper birds. The copper birds. Yeah, a, a, a flock of copper birds would be great if they were trained because they're highly intelligent and also extremely deadly. Yeah, I think the thing is, is there's nothing, there's no like sort of like naturally occurring, like you just put this animal with these other animals. This one will watch out for the others. Yeah. But a lot of the animals on Manifest are sort of like eminently trainable. And yeah. like, if you train are... a warrican to not eat what it's guarding, it will guard it extremely well. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. God, that's um, terrifying. The 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 like wrangler who has a herd of hodag, but also has like some warrican. It's trained to like guard the hodag. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is coming at that because even if you make it past the friggin like you're not carrying the hodak away with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah or you know what would be fun i don't know how you would do this but you live on like a like a mesa right like a table Hmm. like concrete or whatever and then like all around it is like augurino territory and so like Your herds are safe, but nobody can get to you. <laughs> I, know, I thought like... you were going to say, like, you just lure a bunch of wassets around your <laughs> Oh, that would work, too. I don't know how you would lure a wasset anywhere, but they're basically giant ground starfish. But, like, if you could do that, that would be also great. great. Just find a wasset breeding ground and, like, put just, everything like, on lay stilts. food yes. and wine and wait eight <laughs> months for them to, like... <laughs> uh all right and then yeah we have a a sort of question from carnaxis in the stream chat it's it's hard because it's not phrased like a question but uh, it says expanding on my question from last week about traps being able to charge an object with luminescence could mean charging a crossbow bolt before shooting it or turning a rock into a light grenade or dot 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 Okay, fine. I just want to make Gambit and Manifest. (laughs) Which I guess, yeah, yeah. Now that I read it through all the way instead of just skimming it, it's not really a question. But it does does beg the question of, like, if at some point there was (laughs) some kind of luminescent power that would allow you to be Gambit and Manifest, it'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Um... All right. Um, I don't have any other questions in the Discord. I don't see any other questions in the stream chat. Um, we've gone plenty late tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and call it here. Um, thank you all so much. We are on next week, uh, December 29th, Tuesday, December 29th. That will be the last episode of this campaign.
<gasps> Last episode. I knew Rufus Nash was coming back. I knew it. He had to. Believe he was Eli. Of course what's, he was Eli. What's Who fan, else was he going to be? Like, he was Eli the whole time. I, I thought know. he was going to come back until the, like, campaign two. Like, the I thought that was just going to be. How, okay, <laughs> Roland has failed us. How did you not suss that out? I'm just No saying. one asked? There was even a point where Kinsey was like, hey, uh, hey, Eli, tell me a little bit about yourself. And then Eli started to tell a little bit about himself. And then Roland poked his head from behind and was like, hey, Kinsey, I need you over here. <laughs> and pulled Kinsey away. And I was like, ha ha, I don't have to make anyone roll to realize he's lying. <laughs> uh, great stuff. All right, cool. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, we love you so much. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that follow button. And if you can, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we are super looking forward to the finale of this season of Manifest, episode 50, on December 29th. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>